you're listening to 11 o'clock comics uh, episode 292 <laughs> Hey there, folks. Uh, Christopher Naisman here. This is 11 O'Clock Comics. Uh, as you can already <gasps> guess... Uh, gosh, dang it, Georgia. George is very upset that Vince isn't here. <laughs> so, And I'm sure many, many other and people are with that announcement, here. we just lost half our audience. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> click, yeah, sure click, 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 like, click. Oh, yes. this week. As you can guess, uh, uh, Vince is not here, so the Church of Vince is not in session. But <laughs> but we have, uh, we have uh, King Dap. Yes, we do. Hi, I'm David Price. And we have uh, a very special guest um, sitting in Vince's chair. Is it warm? Is it fuzzy? Is it a little sticky? It's toasty. A little toasty. A little sticky, isn't it? it sounds like hot peppers. <laughs> it's a, it, it is our, and I say this with 100% sincerity, it is our very good friend, Mr. Chris Campbell. Hello, hello. And I give no apologies for that statement. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So, yeah. Right, Seg- Segway King my ass. Podcast. <laughs> and what? And, and co-host of the newly launched Valiant Noise Podcast. Oh, that's good because i got a little Valiant to talk about tonight. I'm excited. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. What? What? I like I the Valiant. <laughs> oh, the Valiant is good. I got it. Yeah. It's going to be. And, and you'll like it. It's, it's, it's very, it's wood oriented. And um, speaking of, you are Chester Copperpot. <laughs> Copper Pot, you're Jason Wood. No, no, I'm Chester Copperpot. That's what I said. I said Chester Copperpot. <laughs> Very good. Look at you. <laughs> well done. Nice. What's who's, up, people? Who's Chester Copperpot? What? 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 This dude? What? Huh? Goonies. Oh gosh, Marta would be so mad at me. She 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 went and vacationed in Portland without my fucking ass this year. But she did bring me back uh, a Goonies shirt because she went to the she went to the Goonies house. Astoria, there you go. Yeah, in Astoria. Goonie goo Yeah, um, but you don't have to be a goon to save money. No, because. All you have to do is go to discountcomicbookservice.com. That's dcbservice.com. And you can save um, Wamba Wamba big discounts on your comics. That's right. 30 to 75% off on all of your comic book pre-orders. Uh, I do not have the, the list of what is available right I'll now. Pull it, up. it is a humongous month for me. Why, why, don't, you, why don't you tell the people what you second. have on your pre-order list? I am going to, uh, as soon as my hotel 
Minneapolis Foot. There we go. Oh, uh, let's you, see here. Let me. Uh, you're breaking the illusion that you're still in New Jersey. Yeah, because it's just a huge illusion. Everyone's uh, everyone's dying to uh, to know where I'm calling from. Let's see here. Uh, one second here. Jason has left the uh, the, uh, the, the the wood, the wood estate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh? So we got a. Uh, I'm going to the fifty percenters. Uh, let's see. We got uh, the Infinity hardcover, which is mm. awesome. It's regularly seventy five dollars, fifty percent off. Seventy five dollars. How many issues is in that? Oh, it's like a, it's like an omnibus. Is it really? Yeah. I mean, if, yeah. For seventy five dollars, it fucking better be. Yep. Uh, it, should I order that thing? Is it is it is it okay? Yeah, it's awesome. Okay, it now how many more issues do we have before this thing is finished? And and. And the big question is, is Bendis going to come in in the last issue and make the entire series a weed-in to another event? Well, <laughs> it definitely leads into the new status quo of inhumanity. So I can't say no to that second part. But uh, but anyway, um, keeping in with our sponsors, uh, Uncanny X-Men Omnibus Volume 2, which we have been talking uh, about forever. Why about didn't damn time. Say? And it looks awesome. awesome. There's some cool shit at DCBS, forty nine ninety nine, fifty percent off. Does it does it list everything that's in there? Uh, I mean, not on my spreadsheet, but yes, I'm sure it's really. Cool. I mean, it's 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 the rest of the burn stuff, and it gets back into the into the Cockrum run. There's you know, some great specials in there. It's 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 awesome. It is just below the sweet spot of my X Men like growing up. So one that's uh, near and dear to all of our hearts, American Vampire Hardcover Volume Six. About time, fifty percent off, eleven fifty. Uh, so, uh, oh, and 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 probably the thing I admittedly am most excited about this month because we were supposed to already have it and then it got uh, delayed, but now it's back, resolicited. Hopefully this time for legit, and that is the Fear Agent Library Edition Volume Two. Yay! Yes, forty nine ninety nine. Through DCBS twenty nine ninety nine. You know, Remender was posting today on uh, the Facebooks and the and the Tumblr and the Twister and the and the the Twitter and all that kind of stuff. A bunch of original art that he has procured over the years and had a, a Jerome Opeña page from Fear Agent that was just so so. so it, it. I love Tony. You guys know that I love Tony. He, he personally, he's he's someone that I consider you know a. a a, a close acquaintance, I guess, is is a good way to put it, and I absolutely love his art. Jerome Opeña was a fucking beast on that book. Yeah, no doubt. He is so good, and it's 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 kind of like choosing between your children, which one you you like the most on that book. But you know, they it, that Opeña even got in the conversation is is pretty is pretty impressive in this page oh god it was good oh it's so, oh and chris so one more for that ask because uh this is another one that you and i have been waiting for for a long time and uh that is the uh sixth and final volume of lock and key hardcover yay but and, oh, and i'm here. spending the extra 10 bucks to get the slipcase edition because i was gonna ask about that yeah it, uh it's so you get the hardcover plus a slipcase that will fit all six hardcovers oh. in it together so, oh, I think I may have to do that. Yeah, so I'm very excited about it. And it's only twenty five ninety nine at DCB service. Hmm. Interesting, because yeah, By the way, it's been Nisman, an amazing... Uh, mm-hmm. 153 is where it ends. It's, one, it's 153? Okay, so that's... Yeah, that's after all of the Dark Phoenix stuff, and... I'm trying to think. That's the... Um, uh, that's all the... That, oh, it's all the Brood stuff. Yes, 
153. Yeah, um, I think that gets into the into the brood run, and then beyond that. Quick, someone. Sounds about right. Google X Men 153. Man, I haven't read that stuff. You what? Yeah, you said that on your you own. What? What? A couple weeks ago, I was baffled. What? What? No, well, I I, I started for I started going forward. Chris, I mean, you oh. know, when I started reading in uh, Fall of the Mutants, mm-hmm. uh, like, when was that? Like, 80... Oh, okay. Five? Oh, you just listened to Brood stuff, Chris uh, Niesman. It's, uh, that's, so uh, I, I, moved, I moved forward, but I never went back, because they're okay. too expensive back in the day. They were just... They're too much money. So I just kind of passed and said, you know what? Someday later. Mm-hmm. And that later is now. The later is now. Um, the 153 now. actually uh, introduced the Bamps. Mm-hmm. So the it's uh it's the swash but it's Kitty's swashbuckler. No fun, no fan of the Bamps apparently. Uh, <laughs> Georgia Georgia hates Bamps. Damn little creep creepers. Um, we need to get through a drink roll call and then uh, and then we're gonna have um some some giddy fun. Um, uh, I have a drink for Jason, so I'll save her for last. Um, uh, Mr. Campbell, you're our guest. Why don't you lead us off? Vodka. Vodka. <laughs> Vodka. That's what I'm drinking. That's, That's all I got in the house. As a, as a, are you, are you, are you, are you Scott? Shit, wait, are you Scottish? You're Scott. You're Scott, right? Uh, the Cretans drank all my scotch. I don't know what to do. I haven't bought any. No, you, you are a yes, Scott. Scott. You, okay, I'm you Scott are a Scott, a Scott drinking vodka. That's that's hilarious. Um, uh, <laughs> is it a particular vodka, or is it just you know like the cheapest liter and three quarters at the liquor store? It's what Daryl Taylor bought. Really? So, so it so is. It's, it's horrible it, then. Yes, yeah, it's horrible. Put it this way: it's not Belvedere. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's no gray, no gray goose. Uh, not uh, one. <laughs> Mr. Price, how about you? Uh, some Redwood Creek Cabernet Sauvignon. There you go. Back in the grapes. I like it. Uh, Mr. Wood, how about yourself? Well. You guys are going to be baffled, but you know, as I mentioned, I'm in a hotel, mm-hmm. and so my options are a little limited. So um, I'm drinking straight from the uh, hotel uh, room bar. That's funny. Um, which it's going to baffle you guys. Uh, some Maker's Mark. Really? He's yeah. joined Bourbon Nation. Yeah, yeah, and and I got. I mean, if I'm being completely honest, uh, it's 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 hard to to. It's hard for me to deal with, but um, what? I'm powering through it. I'm taking like a sip and then two sips of Diet Dr. Pepper to wash it down. Oh, damn. You're not a whiskey drinker? We've been through this. I I, I mean, I like Irish whiskey, but I just don't like sipping whiskey. It's, it's, uh, I, I like it as a mixer. I'll, I'll do shots of it, but I just, I've never acquired like the, the, yeah. the enjoyment of just sitting drinking of sipping whiskey. bourbon or, or, yeah. or scotch or any. I just, it's just not. Just, I'll, I'll, I'll learn you. I'll learn you during C2E2. Which the whiskey you know what? in Chicago was good. Which uh, the what? Whiskey he brought in Chicago was excellent. Uh, well, thank you. Remember, um, what was that, Jason? What was that? Was that nice bottle you had? Yeah, that was a um, that was a an Irish whiskey that I had bought. I, I don't even remember the, the the thing, but it was uh, yeah, it was a that was a that was a costly bottle for sure. <laughs> you guys all seem to like it, so I'm glad. <laughs> we liked that really expensive whiskey. Um, uh, speaking of Chicago. Um, I had the pleasure of seeing Monster Magnet on Saturday. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. It was awesome. It seemed like you guys had a great time. We had, first of all, it was a great date night. 
for uh, a, a couple that doesn't take enough date nights um, in the world. And so, um, yeah, it was, it was fantastic. It was great to see Dave. We got to hang out on the, it, we felt like, like many rock stars. We got to hang out on the bus and then we had backstage passes and we got into the VIP room and yeah, we were, we were feeling like, you know, many little high rollers. It was, it was awesome, but it was great to see Dave and he wanted me to make sure and say hi to all of you guys and repeat how much, of a blast he had sitting in on the show. It was really weird being in a room with, with many, many hundreds of people that like worship the guy for like, you know, this <laughs> amazing two hour set. It was mm-hmm. very cool. I, I took some photos off to post them on the forum, but, um, uh, he may be uh, returning to Chicago sometime in mid to late April. Nice. Yeah. So we may have, we may have another person to add to the group. Which will be, which will be fun. So we'll have to we'll have to talk about that, talk about that later. But um, my drink tonight, and I knew that Jason would love it. Um, Revolution Brewing is, uh, pri- yeah, no, it's definitely my favorite Chicago uh, local brewery, and their their kind of um, uh, uh, icon is is a a fist that is raised in in this very victorious. Um, uh, stance and holding on to um, uh, hops. And so um, everything there is, you know, uh, a, a fist um, uh, icons. And their holiday ale is their Fistmas. And so <laughs> I am drinking, yes. I am drinking the Fistmas holiday ale. Respect. It is. Uh, and yeah, I, that's maybe my favorite part of, uh, of Christmas uh, is, is the, is the holiday ales. And which shouldn't surprise anyone, and this is an absolutely wonderful holiday ale. So I am I know. absolutely beside myself right now because we don't have the tree up yet. Absolutely beside myself. Yeah, it's I, I, um, Thanksgiving wow. next week. The problem is though is that Thanksgiving is late this year. So mm. we put the tree up before Thanksgiving, and we're still going to do that. But it should already be up. There's, we there's only so weekend. many shopping days. What's that? There's only so many shopping days left before Christmas. It's it's an absolute travesty. It's an absolute travesty. My house should be trimmed right now, and it's not. <laughs> Maybe you'll come home to a surprise. No, no. They, uh, yeah. Beth is <laughs> that would be bad. Beth is awesome at many things, but she cannot put up a 14 foot tree without me. Oh, okay. Well, the boys are getting bigger. <laughs> <laughs> not that big. <laughs> oh, hey, um, three pounds, um, so. Jason. Congratulations, and I'm sorry that. Um, uh, that you guys just ended just short of a championship. Yeah, thanks. Weekend. Well, one championship and one one championship loss. Yeah, but yeah. thanks. That was fun. It was, it was. Uh, yeah, thanks. It was. It was a blast. It was. I'm pr- pr- proud of all the kids. I enjoyed you, keeping up with it on on the Facebooks. Yeah, yes. my my oldest son and his teammates got their asses whooped. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and it was very much a, uh, a shall we say character building exercise for them because. Uh, you know, the one thing about these small, like these leagues is that, you know, even though as they get older, I mean, they're basically playing the same kids each and every year. You know what I mean? Like in the sense that like, you know, as they move up, so do those kids in those same towns. Mm-hmm. So it's sure. not like you're, you're facing all new teams each year. It's just, you know, so, so, uh, so th- this team that, uh, that beat them in the champion, well, my, 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 young, my middle son, Jackson, his team won the championship, but then Colin's team, he, they, uh. They lost thirty-seven to nothing in the championship. Ouch! And to put it in Ouch. perspective, they beat that same team this year, uh, nineteen to six, and they crushed them the year before. 
So this was very much a revenge game for that team. This was it was yeah. at their hometown. They were the host this year, so it was like you know they were the, it was their their field, their turf, and uh, and they they put it on them, man. They whooped <laughs> their asses. So, uh, but I will say this: um, as a, as a, as a parent who's heavily involved in the program, it was much easier uh, stomaching this loss than the the year that they lost in the last second by one point because that's like heartbreaking that's like a holy crap like you know yeah. the, you, you could taste it like you know falling out of your grip but this was just hey they got their asses whooped they were not yeah. <laughs> they were not the they were not the better team uh, on that day so it's always easier to process a loss over yeah. a period of a game yeah exactly right 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 it was like it was like twenty to nothing after like you know. Like after a quarter and a half, so, we so it was, all, it was, it was kind of right. like the Bears Super Bowl against the the, the Colts. Yeah, you know, by that yeah. point, we're like, all right, all right, well, this is yeah. this is the way we'd hoped. And I left that Super Bowl party at halftime and just like went home <laughs> and sat and watched it alone. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. I understand. But thank you. Yeah, but ne- <laughs> nevertheless, uh, it was it was great, and uh, uh, yeah, I appreciate the shout out. All right, awesome. Um, any other um, any other shout outs? Any other thank yous? Any other uh, tips of the caps? Uh, how do we host anyone? No, no. Let's do it. Let's talk comics. All right, let's do it. Um, I tell you, let's let our uh, illustrious guest, Mister uh, Mister Chris Campbell, start. Uh, apparently, you um, like to talk about like Valiant and and stuff. Oh, well, that's just too on the nose. But <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, yeah, no. You want me to lead off? All right. Yes, go, uh, go. You're the you're you're the cherished guest. You no, know, we don't even, we don't have to talk about Valiant. We can talk about something else. Nice. Uh, I read a comic uh, from Image, and I don't think you guys have talked about this on another. Uh, it's called Manifest Destiny. Well, yes. Jason talked about it just a little bit last week. Yeah, just a That's bit. Right, Chris Dingus and Matthew Roberts. It's kind of cool. It's like uh, it's like historical fiction, you know, where you like it, it's something that's actually happened, but you kind of yeah. do a, do a twist. So this is Lewis and Clark with a supernatural twist, and the art is the art's fantastic. And I'm just a sucker for adventure, and it's kind of you don't know what's happening, and there's crazy ass fucking monsters, and uh, it's a good setup issue, but yet you see fights and stuff. So. Uh, I, I, it was a complete impulse purchase, and I like impulse purchases now. Impul- that's what I love about Comixology, is just the ability to just buy random shit. And sometimes it's not good, sometimes it isn't. Uh, it is, and in this case, it was. So, um, I'd never heard of this artist before, but it's, I don't even know what his stuff is like. It's like poor man's Fraser Irving. I, I don't know if that's not fair, but, uh, it's good. So I'm it's kind of mean, actually. <laughs> it's, no, no. Fraser Irving is the shit. So, but it almost looks as I don't think it's you know sometimes when you have a penciler uh, and he does his own, he does his pencils, but he doesn't do his own inks, and they don't even have an inker. Kind of like Dougie Braithwaite, right? right? The, yeah, yeah. You know, there. and you just scan that in, or even uh, Eaglesham. Sometimes yes. they, they don't turn the contrast up. And you know they kind of fake ink it, which uh, David is 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 getting all hot under the collar right now. But uh, I, I like an inker, um, but sometimes it works. Like I know Braithwaite doesn't use an inker; they just scan in the pencils, and they even leave it as they don't turn the contrast up, so it's not jet black, and it almost adds a layer or kind of a starting when the colors goes over it. 
and the color is whatever color the colors choose. It's almost like the light pencils, which aren't black, almost add an extra dimension to the finished product. And it creates a kind of a unique Braithwaite-looking look, I guess. I don't know, but Europeania. But uh, I like it. And this guy, it part, in parts, it kind of looked like he, he had that going on certain pages. And uh, usually I don't like it, but with uh, this one, it's, it's pretty good. Um, but yeah, so that's that's what I read. I'm not reading too much image now, um, except for kind of like the obvious ones. But this one would surprise me. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Too. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I, 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 uh, I thought that it was uh, really clever. Um, uh, and you said I think that the art is captivating. Um, I don't know that I've seen his stuff before either, uh, Matthew Roberts, but um, I definitely think that uh, he was perfect for this book. Like you know, sometimes um, you know, sometimes I mean, there are some artists that are transcendent. I think they could do anything well. Um, and then there are other times where you see an artist and, and depending on the, the, the subject matter, you, you, it may either really resonate with you or not. And you might say to yourself like, oh, I didn't like him on this, but I could see him doing this kind of book or vice versa. I thought, um, I thought Robert's, you know, his style, I think really lent itself well to this kind of, you know, frontier landscape. And like, you know, he's, he, he obviously is very good at anatomy, not, not only hum, human, but, but animal. And, uh, you know, that's a talent. So I, I thought perfect for this. I, you know, again, I'm not sure. Um, like I'd put him in sort of, again, not stylistically, but I put him in kind of the, the, uh, like the, um, like the trad more like Rob Guillory sort of camp or like, I think, you know, he's paired up really well with the subject matter. Uh, I'm not sure how, how he would, how he would do in necessarily any comic, particularly like a superhero comic, but yeah, I really, really dug this. And like you, I, I read this basically, um, with no expectations coming in. I didn't even know it was about Lewis and Clark. I just, uh, you know, I Oh, the the and um and, and it was kind of thought the cover was cool, so I gave it a try. The cover and, was uh, very cool. Yeah, I'm really curious to see where it goes. I'm 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 not I, I still am not quite sure. I know how far they're going to take the supernatural elements, but I love the idea of Lewis and Clark as monster hunters like that. That that has real potential. So yeah, I'm with and you. What do you um? I mean, they and they have the prisoners, which is cool, and then it seems that Lewis and Clark are really portrayed as. You can see tension building there, um, as in real life. And what do you think of the uh, the St. Louis Arch? Is, you th- is that the St. Louis Arch in your mind? Yeah, well, I they- talked about that. Um, yeah, when, I mean, when I did mention this last week, I, I said I said to Chris, I said I I thought of him because it looked to me like mm-hmm. St. Louis Arch. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's a it's a foliage, right? It's all. It's, I mean, it's yeah. either covered in foliage or it's made out of foliage, and it's not. But it's it is basically. I don't see how it could be the St. Louis Arch. I mean, I, right? It, it, you can't be coincidental. Awesome! If Proof Rock showed up, that'd be the shit. That would be. Yeah, man, I miss Proof. Jeez. I know, I do too. <laughs> Riley Rossman's done a lot of freaking comics since then. Wow. 
Jeez. Not as good as proof, in my opinion. <laughs> well, well, is that insult? You know, <laughs> Sorry, I, 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 I like Green Lake a lot. Um, I like what he's doing now. Not as good as my X Force commission. Um, the the <laughs> Cowboy, Cowboy Ninja Viking was good. Yeah, that I enjoyed. I, I yeah, I enjoyed that. That got too, that got too much too soon, man. <laughs> like I just got I got I enjoyed it, and then about issue two, I'm just like I'm out. I'm out. Uh, I was actually with you, Chris, on that. Yeah, I I, I love the concept, but I didn't stick with it. I don't even know how long it lasted, but I feel like I read a few issues and we're like, all right. I yeah, they had a deluxe edition. I think they had a deluxe hardcover, maybe six issues really? or something. But it just uh, execution was, you know, good in theory. And when it actually hits the road, it's like, ooh, uh, it wasn't it wasn't an easy read. You had to you had to work for it, and I just wasn't in the mood to work for it. I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, all right then. Dap, what do you got, dog? What do I got? Um, I I read um, something that I've been waiting to see for a while uh, because I follow the guy on Facebook, and um, and we found out about it at uh, mostly at New York Comic Con, um, but we also saw Bob McCloud at. Uh, at Baltimore, mm-hmm. I read X Men Gold, mm-hmm. and it, Bob still has it. He he's there's no. You just I look at his art and I'm just I'm transported back to uh, Marvel Graphic Novel Number Four with the first appearance of New Mutants. I, I, I'm transported to to that ongoing series. I'm even you know I, I even think about his um, his time being an artist on Superman and an anchor. And and I just, I'm a big Bob McCloud fan, but um, this story was written by Chris Claremont and you didn't need credit to tell you that. It it definitely <laughs> felt like a Chris Claremont written story. Uh, and that's fine. And as I'm reading it, um, a lot of what, and, and he wasn't really doing what he used to do with, you know, basically telling you exactly what you're seeing in the panel, because uh, it's narrated from from Kitty's point of view. Um, but what he's doing is is he is he's definitely making sure you know everything about everybody in this story. So it was it unfortunately though because um, we're not really in that universe anymore, or because it was it was. Um, it happened almost immediately after Rogue joined the team after the battle in Japan. Um, and when Kitty goes over to, to talk to Rogue and, and say, you know, you did great back there. She went to basically kind of go shake her hand or touch her, see how she's doing. And, and Rogue immediately goes into the whole, don't touch me. I'll absorb this. I'll absorb that. I thought I could do this. But then Carol Dam. So, I mean, you got like basically her whole life story in, in like, three word balloons in one panel. And, uh, there was, it wasn't, I want to say it wasn't written for a, um, a, a mature, it, it was definitely written for a, uh, a younger reader would have absolutely no problem. That That's who it felt to me, who it was written for. It, it would have been a great, like kid's story. Um, and it wasn't, uh, it, it had to deal with Sentinels, so the, there was a threat there. Um, there was worry 
across pretty much everybody's faces. Um, but it was it it was a neat story. Uh, Lalandra was there. Madeline Pryor was there. Um, you had uh, Star Jammers were there. So it was it was definitely of that time. And and I I did really like the art. Um, Bob Inked himself. Uh, it was a letter by Tom Warschowski, so it was nice seeing that again. It was kind of like old home week reading mm-hmm. it. Um, but I, I did enjoy it. It wasn't, um, it wasn't heavy. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't anything that, you know, you need to read to continue reading any current X book. It was just like, you know, listen, it's, it's the X-Men's 50th anniversary. We, we want to, um, give our thanks to people who made the X-Men popular today, how, who they are today. And, um, and I think the book did that because aside from, um, Claremont, Claremont's story. Uh, you also had Len Wayne do a. Um, he wrote, I think he wrote two stories. Uh, you had a story um, written, plotted, and written by Stanley and Louis Simonson, and penciled by Walt Simonson, inked by Bob Wyatchek. That was an um, a story with the uh, the original first class X Men. It was just a couple of pages, and that. It was nice to see everybody working together to tell the story, but it was basically um, the the males were running to the danger room because Gene basically said, "You know, whoever gets to the danger room first goes on a date with me." And, and so it was just you know, so, so there was you know banter amongst all of them, and and you have emo boy Scott <laughs> basically thinking to himself about how you know all these guys are jokers and clowns and and. Um, and you know who needs to you know goof off uh, when you know we have jobs to do and we're supposed to be taking this seriously. And of course, there's Professor Rex saying everybody, you know, telling everybody that you know this isn't this isn't a laughing matter. I, I do this, you know, for for your benefit, for to help others, this, that, and the other. And then, like the last panel is um, is Scott thinking to himself how you know he he um, about his feelings towards Gene, and Gene also is thinking to herself how you know if 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 um, if if she could just if she and Scott could be together, and and if you know if he would just um, trust himself, and then you know I could. Lo- it was just I was like it was almost groan inducing, but so I get past that. There was a um, there was a story uh, that took place about two days before Giant Size X-Men number one uh, involving Banshee and Sunfire. The team up you couldn't wait to have happen. Uh, oh, I heard about this story. Yeah, where they're stuck yeah. in, in or they go to visit uh, a couple of sites in Nashville. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the last... He knew, he was a fan. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, like, you know, hey, we're retconning everything. The um, There was one story that looked great because uh, the art was by... Uh, Jorge Molina and it, it was written by by Len and I wasn't it the first panel is that scene where uh, the all new X-Men are standing in the den and, and you have um, like the Banshee Sunfire uh, Thunderbird they're all on the stairs and and and, and 
Professor X is sitting in the wheelchair and he's, he's, he's called everybody together and, and the new team is standing there and then in comes Cyclops through the, through the doors and, and right before they go to Krakoa and all that's happening in this story, this whole story is only about, it's, it's an inner monologue starring Wolverine where he's figuring out how he'll be able to take down everybody in this room and how he'll be able to take care of Banshee. You know, I'll go through the throat because he'll, that, that, that'll disable his powers. Um, I'll do this to Sunfire. I'll do this to Colossus. Uh, Claws to Cyclops' eyes will take him out. He's going through all this and, and it looks beautiful, but it, it kind of bugged me a little bit because we've had, and I, I know, you know, this is, this is a story that Giant Size X-Men number one happened however many decades ago. And we've had, we've seen growth with these characters. And, and I, I had trouble putting myself back to that time where this was Wolverine because now our Wolverine is an Avenger. He's a headmaster. He protects not one of the top kids. He's, uh, not, he's, uh, he's, he's but not uh, one of the top five. He's, and he, and it, it's it, because of what they've done to and with and for Wolverine over these past bunch of years. It, it was just, um, it was. It was just hard for me to read this story, and, and it's not that I don't remember that that was the character he was. You, know, you, you think about Incredible Hulk 181. You think about um, the, the the issues of Uncanny X Men, and then the retelling from Alpha Flight, where Department H was going after him. And I, I remember Wolverine back then, but because of who Wolverine is now, I just it it felt almost like they were kind of trying to force you to it's like remember Wolverine used to be a badass and 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 it was it was just it it didn't exactly what the 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 issue started off on such a high note that when I got there it it was kind of like I I wish I could go back and read the Claremont story again because at least that that was of a time where I I get it I was there I remember that and 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 it was that's that's kind of like the X-Men that I I think about. And, and, and I like to remember when I think about the X-Men and all the good times that the team had. But I, I think if, if you... I wouldn't say I'd give this issue to somebody who... You know, Wolverine and the X-Men is their main mutant fix. Or, or anybody who's who's only read Wolverine since Origins. This, this issue is for... For us, it's 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 for me. It's for Jason. It's for Chris Neesman. It's it's for people who uh, you know read the Brood. It's for people who remember the X Men from that second volume omnibus that that's being solicited. Mm-hmm. This is this is this is the X Men we grew up with. So it, it was a I nice. I can hear the background music. Glory days. <laughs> it's, like, it's like where's my classic X Men with the Arthur Adams covers? But it it was. I mean, I. I enjoyed more of it than than I didn't enjoy of it, but there were just some things that 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 kind of thudded with me. But but you know, you start off with with Claremont and and McLeod, and and you know, you really it's kind of hard to 
maintain that level. I think as as I'm reading through the rest of the anthology, but I I didn't. Uh, I'm, I'm glad I read it. I was I was looking forward to it. You know, like I said, Bob's been posting panels and pages on his Facebook page for for a while now, and and to actually see it finished product and um, and realize the the teases he was showing, uh, how they played out in the story and and you know you you look at a panel and you're like trying to figure out what's going on here and, and it was it really was it was it was a neat little it was definitely a throwback and and you know you, you had Lockheed and and Kurt and it was it definitely um reminded me of the the Claremont era from you know before the Secret Wars before um before Paul Smith was working on the book, you know, it, it was it was that time, and it was it was it was a. Um, Were you a Paul Smith guy? I was hardcore Paul Smith guy. Yeah, it's you know I came in Paul Smith era, Paul Smith, and then probably um, Junior, and then went back for the for the burn the burn era. But yeah, Paul Smith. Whenever I in my in my my heart of hearts, whenever I think of the X Men and what they should look like. It's it's as as huge of a John Byrne fan as I am, and right. I I adore him and always will. Whenever I think of what the X Men should look like, yeah. it's especially Paul, it's Kitty Paul, Pryde. Yeah, it's Paul yeah. Smith. It's Paul yeah. Smith. It'll Kitty always Pryde be especially. It's and that's whenever <laughs> whenever I request somebody to draw Cyclops for me, it's the Paul Smith era version because he he. That was a skinny ass Cyclops. That was slim, and and I just I like, I like the blue. I like that visor. I like I I like the yellow. I I just that's what I prefer, and and uh, so it's it's definitely the Paul Smith version of that. I love his Colossus. Um, I was so love his Wolverine. His Wolverine was great, and especially the 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 cover where he's hunched down running towards the the reader and and rogue is behind him and i he he had some great covers and and i loved his wolverine um especially because it was the brown and and tan costume and i Uh, i know that he i know that he came back and he did some stuff and he and he hung around but you know i think that it was never the same i think that is one of the great art mysteries in comics it's like what happened to paul smith because that guy he was he was on top of the mountain, and it's just like it just never. The window was way too way too short for him. Oh, absolutely! I was completely. I was so. I was fuming when uh, I got to issue one seventy five, and he did like the first maybe not even dozen pages because that was because that was when. Junior took over 175. The last half was 175, and from then on, JRJR was working on the book. And I was like, I didn't even get a full. I got the cover and a bunch of interior pages by Paul Smith, but I, I just no there was never, yeah, there was there was never enough Paul Smith for me. And and I know he's talked about it, and I don't know if it was just um, the uh, I don't even know because his background is animation, and I know that. Um, I don't. I don't think it was. I don't know if it was a problem working with Claremont or the editors or the amount of characters on the book. I don't even think it was really um, a scheduling issue. But knowing his style, maybe it was. I, I. I need to find that that interview again. But yeah, no. It was his his run was um, 
way too short for my liking. You know, and poor and poor John Romita Jr., who's an amazing. I mean, we all love Romita Jr. now, but at the time, what a guy to follow. And it, it was that. What was his first work at Marvel? Romita Jr. Yeah, and this is when we probably need need Vince here. Um, what I when I think of John Romita Jr. and I. At first, I was kind of I was kind of happy to have him on on Kanye, not not mm-hmm. to have him follow Paul Smith, but I was like, okay, well that's fine. But I did not like, I didn't like his Uncanny X Men look after spending so many of my earlier years from his Amazing Spider Man because he was on there after mm-hmm. um, after Jim Mooney, and he he um, he drew you know, the first appearance of a Hobgoblin. He drew. Um, because he was on the book right before his last issue, I think, was um, when Spidey went into the um, into the machine to end up on Battleworld. Because two fifty two mm-hmm. was Ron Friends, and um, uh, with the, with and, the, and when uh, the X Men yeah. came back, that was of course John Romita Jr. Also, um, so that was for Secret Wars, and you. <laughs> so so JRJR was on Amazing Spider-Man for years to me and I love that version of Spidey. Mm-hmm. And and it that was not the same and maybe it was because of the cast of characters but it didn't look the same. That that was a different looking Romita Jr in my eyes when he went on on Kenny X-Men. And and I just I wasn't really I wasn't in love with it. I was looking more I was I was more intrigued by the miniseries like X-Men versus Fantastic Four, X-Men versus Avengers. I was more into um into those minis. Punisher Batman Punisher Batman. Did no, no, no. This is way be- there was a Punisher Batman, but this was way before that. Because yeah. um, this was Magneto. Magneto became headmaster. Um, wearing that awesome looking outfit with the big M on the on, on his team. The the, the 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 issue two hundred outfit? Yes. Yeah, where he's on trial. Um, that was all JRJR. And I, I just, I didn't love that look. I wasn't happy. But, I mean, to answer Chris's question, I, 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 who did I, I just, I heard Ramina interviewed, like, I'm trying to think what, what podcast it was. Huh. No apologies. <laughs> it was no apologies, yeah. No, but it was, uh, it was Ramina talking about his career and... He um he actually got started at Marvel UK. Uh, oh, did he really? Yeah, really? he was doing yeah because he was doing. Uh, I guess they he he was because I remember him saying how he basically had carte blanche to do what he wanted, and he was doing like uh, covers for the reprints that they were putting over there. I assume by Panini. Uh, I don't know if Panini had the license back then, but whenever it was, you know, Marvel UK. Um, but his big US break was was without question uh, was was Iron Man. Oh, that's yes. right. That's right. Uh, yeah. Bob well, I think it was Daredevil. Was Daredevil was too. Well, Daredevil oh, was, I think, was when he became, enough. you know, for that me. was when he, you know. Oh, for you. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Daredevil when he was best known. But, but no, I mean, uh, yeah, because it was uh, David, is it Michelini? Yes. Michelini? Michelini, yeah. Michelini. Mm-hmm. So. That's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is, uh, and that's and that's my Iron Man. I love that, that, that version of the armor. Me too. It, what, 150, one fifty, one yeah. I'm glad Wait. you didn't say Daredevil and armor. <laughs> you will never hear me say anything good about Daredevil and armor. Nice. What about Spidey and armor? Uh, 
David what Vigilante mean, is Chris? underrated. <laughs> I kind of oh, like Spider-Man armor. Yes. The big, the, the, the big silver pillowy stuff. The what? what we talk, the, 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 the silver stuff with the, the, with, with the, the, the quilted armor. What wait, character wait. are you talking oh, about? Oh, 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 yeah, yeah. No, um, well, more recently, though, I mean, Spidey had that, that stupid... Uh, oh, the Scarlet Star Spider built, stuff? Uh, oh, yeah, 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 the, uh, the, the spider armor, right, okay. Yeah. For secret, he lost, okay. That, you guys, yeah. guys want to, I'm going to interject, you want to know some crazy Major League Baseball news that just came across the wire? Well, if you're talking about the trade, yeah, but no one else cares. The trade. I do. I qu- it's it. The the Rangers just traded Ian Kensler to the Detroit Tigers for Prince Fielder. Yeah. Huh. Fielder had to waive his no trade clause to make the deal happen. That's craziness. So 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 Cabrera can go back to for space. First base pride. Yeah. I assume. Yeah. That made him expendable. That's a smart move, I think, for Detroit. They have enough power. Yeah. Yeah. They they got out from. They did it too because they need to resign. Running out of time again. So, uh, so Chris, you got something, or you want me to jump in? Um, no, you go, and then and then uh, let me call mine up. You go. All right. So, in white uh, this week is a week when I am reminded ever so powerfully why I love comics. Uh, I read not one but two things that just knocked me on my ass this week, um, and. The, the one that was completely and just 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 such a, an amazing surprise um, is a Dark Horse. Uh, I mean, it's under the Dark Horse Originals um, line, but it's, it's actually a original hardcover collection of of a uh, of a series that was released earlier this year on the web. Um, and the the book is uh, written by Mr. Damon Gentry uh, with with. Uh, Artwork by uh, Mr. Aaron Conley, uh, and the book is uh, Sabretooth Swordsman and the Mayhem of the Malevolent Mastodon Mathematician. What? It is fucking amazing. It is. So, it was so freaking good. I read it twice this week. It, it was just un. It's 120 pages, and it is the story of uh, in uh, in. Uh, an Indian guy, not not Native American, but you know someone in India, um, whose wife is kidnapped. His town is dying of a plague. Um, there are people being taken away from their homes by this uh, aforementioned uh, ruler that's taken over the land, who's the the Mastodon mathematician. And this is right, by the way, uh, Campbell. You'll love this because it's anthropomorphic. It's right up your alley. Nice. Um, but but anyway, so, so he's 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 you know he's 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 destitute, sick, uh, heartbroken, and he comes across a cloud god. And the cloud god grants him uh, the power to transform himself into a uh, white saber-toothed tiger 
uh, hu- you know, humanoid saber tooth tiger with a badass scimitar and just like off the charts martial arts skills. And he goes on an adventure to try and find and rescue his wife. Um, and it's just, it's, 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 the reason I loved it is because it, as we've often say when we talk about comics, this creative team understands that in comics you have an unlimited budget. You're only bound by your imagination. So, um, while the story in and of itself is, is terrific and there's just tons of interesting things. I mean, the, he, he, it's, it's, it's uber violent. It's uber action packed. Uh, he fights everything from gigantic gelatinous, you know, uh, like jelly monsters to, uh, a, an S and M, um, couple man, uh, male and female S and M, um, uh, Cyclops pair to, uh, satanic, uh, snakes to, uh, Evil little genes to you know meaning like genies uh, to gigantic horned uh, rams to just just crazy crazy creatures. I mean just just up and down. He used to battle through tons and tons of these different things. So picture if you will um, a story that takes basically um, mythology with like the leveling up power up modality of like a Mega Man video game with you know you have to fight different different uh, bosses until you get to the main boss with um like eastern religious mysticism all rolled into one and then by far and away the, the thing that makes this book a wow for me is is aaron conley's art now aaron I, i'd never heard of him before um i did some reading up on him after this he, he's very new to the business i think his first published comic work was just a few years ago in dark horse presents um, this guy's a fucking tour de force. Uh, he is this crazy amalgamation of Jeff Darrow, uh, Corbin, Brandon Graham. He's got some Al Columbia thrown in there. Um, I mean, this guy is just, it's, it's hyper detailed, exaggerated, gruesome, uh, visceral, organic, cartooning it's it's just like it's eye candy every page it's 120 pages and every page is just a sight to behold and it is such a quick read because once he gets his powers he's just off to the freaking races and it is just non-stop ass whooping on every page it is just incredible man it, it was i just i read it and i finished it and i'm like god damn that's what comics are all about i mean seriously like i don't know where this came from like i don't i haven't heard anybody talk about it but holy shit people out there listening i'm telling you right now i'm not steering you wrong you need to read sabertooth swordsman by dark horse it is astounding it's astounding work um it's black and white full disclosure it's black and white this is again if if you heard the list of people i say he looks like you should know visually this is like unbelievable detail the line work i mean the line work is ridiculous i mean it's like some manga master level shit when it comes to line work i'm talking about thousands of lines on some of these pages it's it's just astounding i don't know how long it took this dude to draw this but it had to take forever. I mean, I, I there are more lines on one page of this book than you see in most, you know, twenty-two page comics these days. It's it's ridiculous. Um, 
but uh, I just I hope you can hear my voice. I cannot express how unbelievably exciting this book is, and and it's just just pure fun. You know, there's there's not there's not you know any grand deep meaning here. It's it's he he takes some some classic heroic themes, and he just has a field day with it by by you know being creative in this little this little pool this little world that they create, and uh, it's just a blast. Every one of you needs to read it. If you don't, I'm going to be livid. Uh, I just you bought it. <laughs> uh, it's absurd. I hope we get more of this this character. Um, I mean, it's a self-contained story, so it's not like it to be continued. But I mean, certainly the the the, the idea of uh, of of him makes all the sense in the world. And, so run uh, it run it down. The the title publisher. All yeah, that. well, as I said it's Dark Horse. Mm-hmm. It's Sabretooth Swordsman is the short name. Like that's what's on the uh, on the the side jacket. But the full name of the is Sabretooth Swordsman. And the mayhem of the malevolent mastodon mathematician, and again, it's it's written by Damon Gentry, and it's uh, it's just fantastically drawn by Aaron Conley. I don't know if Aaron's selling his art. I don't know if he's even thought about selling his art, but I'm going to reach out to him like tonight after we get done recording. He's <laughs> willing to sell his art because, and and the, the, this is one of those books too, where as I'm reading, I'm thinking like, if Vince hasn't seen this, he would plot over the art. I mean, it is just crazy. I mean. Um, I will say this: If you're not a fan of, uh, if you're not a fan of like Adventure Time or that kind of thing, this probably isn't going to be up your speed. You know, it's, it's that kind of of artwork, but it's just nasty. Like, there's this gross witch woman who is like kind of like she's like a blob, but she's got all this sinewy muscle in her body. It's just, ah, oh, it's just this crazy stuff going on in this book, left and right. I have he, seen this cover before. I'm trying to remember. Yeah, I, the cover is what drew me in. I saw it in the solicit in previews, and then I'm like, well, that's a gorgeous cover. And then I, I think they had like six pages of preview art or four pages in, in previews, and I'm like, oh, this looks neat. You know, I'll try this out. And I'm just so glad I did. It's uh, it, it's it's just stunning, accomplished work. And, um, you know, again, this is – you don't get much higher praise in my mind than, you know, talking about someone that's like from the Jeff Darrow camp. And, uh, you know, this, like I said, is like a Darrow meets Brandon Graham type of thing, which to me is like – like illustration perfection so uh yeah it's just awesome 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 stuff and goddamn people need to get it you need to get this book there's seriously. four copies left on amazon dude it's 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 just so All right, much man fun. i'm gonna put this next it to my usagi fun. trades if it holds up well it, okay now to be clear it's complete like like oh, i know this is anthropomorphic more, it's my okay, anthropomorphic this is more work staying anthropomorphic than usagi that's fine. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like, like for as much as like he's straight up anthropomorphic, and and the mastodon mathematician is straight up anthropomorphic. I mean, there's you know a ton of sort of you know um, creatures that are almost more like kaiju, you know, like monsterish, monsterish type of things. But but man, I'm telling you, it's just uh, this is just one of those things where you just you get knocked on your ass, and you're like, I didn't even know this was out there. I'm, I'm so glad I took a chance on it. I, I everyone just, uh, every once in a while you do this, and and. I I have to tip my cap to you because whenever you get this excited about something, it's it's very exciting to me. So I have uh, I have I have. There's only three copies left. <laughs> nice, yeah, and it's uh, it's pretty cool because uh, like he has some pinups in the back, and it's just you know I find these things fascinating in the sense of who who like they get to do the pinups, and uh, it kind of maybe speaks to again like almost in a way I look at like when you see pinups in a book like this. Uh, it, it, I take it almost kind of like an endorsement, like a, like a, like when you would get other novelists to endorse your book. He's got like Allred did a pinup, 
um, uh, Brandon Grand did a pinup, Matt Allison, David LaFuente. And uh, it's just, uh, yeah, like I said, I mean, this world could be, he could tell lots of stories in this world if that's their intent. Again, I have no idea if if this is a one and done or what have you or what their plan is from here, but but I need to find out. Uh, yeah, just just great. Like I said, I, I, I had to drop the mic now because it was freaking awesome. Nice. Yeah. Outstanding. Yeah. Sick. Just sick stuff. I mean, damn. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all, I'm all a clunk. I mean, it's, just knocking the moment. Put me on my ass, man. Like, I was like, damn, son. Woo. Some next level stuff. All right. So, I, I, I hate, hate, hate telling Vince that he's right about things. <laughs> so, you wait until he's not here? Exactly. <laughs> Exactly, because I hate, hate, hate whenever he suggests something, and it's really, really good. Um, the the afterlife with Archie was incredible. Yes. <laughs> oh my god, it's incredible. Um, everything that he talked about, it. I will keep my review to about thirty seconds to replace his forty-five minute fucking review from last week. But to go if you if you didn't hear that, if you haven't read it if you if you have any sort of familiarity with the archie characters it is amazing you have to go you have to go get this so go yeah (laughs) yes yes exactly (laughs) it's great um so okay so so i meant so i mentioned that and and it is it is indeed amazing um but the next one you guys have have talked a little bit about quantum and woody right Yes, the new Quantum and Woody. Yes, the new Quantum and Woody with oh, with oh, with our good dear friend Tom Fowler on art. Um, uh, Tom's art is great on it. Uh, it. Enjoyed that mightily. It is what a fun little comic that is. And that that sounds that sounds like I'm not building it up to be any great shakes. Um, it's not great. But I was thoroughly entertained by it. That Woody is an asshole and incredibly yes. entertaining, and that's all I look for in comics anymore, or in in any. Well, you need somebody to be relatable to. So exactly, oh, exactly. That you need someone to be a little bit of a prick. So, um, so David's on mute, and so is Jason. Chris, how you doing? <laughs> Good to talk to you. Well, no, you're, it's you're, you're, you're conveniently delving right into Chris's territory, Valiant. Um, gee, um, yeah, what an asshole of me! <laughs> I love you, man. <laughs> no, I really, I really like Quantum and Woody. It's um, um I do think Campbell owns the cover to the first issue, right? Do you really? Issue two, issue two, oh, the one sorry, where issue, Woody and Quantum are running with the goat, and as they're getting shot at, it's it's yeah, I bought it from Tom in, uh, in Charlotte. It's absolutely gorgeous his work is yeah and, and uh, yeah i mean he and i love he's such an amazing cartoonist and the fact they got him to do the first arc and mm-hmm. really set the the the, 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 for it. the the model the the feel whatever you know the look of those guys i mean the, the second artist because he's only on for the first four and ming doyle came on for the next arc uh, it's it's big shoes to fill. I mean, now when I think of Quantum and Woody in, in the new age, I think of Fowler's designs. They're great. You know, I, I never read the first one, so what what am I missing here? What was the first one where they really have that just died? Well, I'm sorry. I will catch up. I can't read them all, David. <laughs> you don't need to know. Any, you don't need to know anything. The the, the relaunch series. 
uh, it doesn't, yeah, there's it doesn't no, break there's up. No connection. Actually, there's no connection. There's no connection. Right. Well, I you know I got that. You know the the first issue of of the new Quantum and Woody. I didn't. You know I obviously didn't need to know anything. It, it sets everything up from the beginning. Um, how? What was the first series like? It was very similar in in tone. Um, the uh, the 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 boys weren't raised as uh, as foster brothers. Um, they uh, they they did grow apart, but it was because Woody uh, moved away um, and didn't just run away from home like, like he did in the new series. The um, uh, Woody was very much like he is in the new series. Um, Eric was... I think Eric may have been a little more loose in the first series. I don't think he had the, the, the stick up his ass as much as he did, as he does now. But... Um, yeah, I, was, I thought they almost brought it more closer in the spectrum in the new series. I felt like in the old one, Woody was completely useless. Uh, and And Eric was was like very very regimented and very business like when they were, I mean all those scenes in the apartment like it just and in this one I was surprised how often you know Woody was actually somewhat helpful you know uh, yes. I felt like he was never helpful in the original series except for maybe buying the goat in issue 3 or 4 or whatever it was but uh it, but he it's, almost it's he, he kind of fell into being useful he fell backwards into it especially um Fair enough. On the battle in on the island, uh, but the um, um, the the villains in the new series are completely new to this series. They they, they didn't appear in the first uh, in the first volume. They um, it felt like a priest written book. The first series did, but there were some things where they in the first series. I don't know if it was a Valiant thing at the time because I wasn't reading any Valiant or Acclaim or whatever you want to call it at the time, but um, a lot of things were you kind of just took for granted. Like in the first series um, where Quantum, where, where Eric, to go from their secret lair to from the office, um, Eric had everything set up but because Woody half-fasts everything, uh, he has a door that's basically labeled, this is my secret hideout or, or you know, no, do not enter. Yeah. And you could just, and it's not locked, but Eric had set it up so that only Woody's handprint would open it. And it was which coded just know. to him. Right, which he didn't know. Didn't but know. it was, um, but, but it, you know, it, we never saw, it's not like we saw Eric build that or do that it was just it was just thrown into the story matter of factly whereas this new series it looks as though they're being more um uh, deliberate yes absolutely it's more straightforward you're following along with them you're not just saying it's not like it's it's a tv show where you're just going to shrug and go well they just said it so i guess it must be true whereas you know you kind of the original one that's exactly how it was Exactly. Everything was fly by the seat of your pants. And it's just like, go with yeah, it. I'm going to take their word for it. I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. Whereas a lot of us, I think, are trained that, especially since, you know, there was no body, so how's he dead? We're trained to, to, to read a comic and say, 
this happened because I saw it with my eyes. And, and I don't know if someone's lying to me by when they say, yeah, I did that and just go with it. And, and so like Chris said, yeah, it's definitely more, more deliberate and more methodical in this new series. The old series, I enjoyed it and, and I finally finished it, but it was also, um, because I wasn't reading it. I didn't finish reading it when it was coming out. I didn't get a lot of the jokes when it came to the time jumps because the book the book was canceled. They they, they were gone for about a year. Forty seven to thirty two. Yeah, they yeah. Just skipped. And they and and so you um there was when when they came back they they picked up right where they left off, but then a lot of it was break the fourth wall type stuff, and 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 it was just. Was that when, like, Deadpool was becoming a, a very popular character? So that was kind of the thing to this do? Was, or? This would have been, I think this would have been... seven. Was this after yeah. Did he go, he went back to Marvel to do Black Panther, right? So he was writing Deadpool around the same time? I don't remember. Uh, Jason, when was, how, how long was, was Priest writing Deadpool for? Oh, dude, I mean, uh... I don't. I don't know offhand. Okay. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember, but it was. It's. It's a fuzzy time for me because I wasn't buying comics at the time because I was living on my own and that was there wasn't any money. There wasn't any money to spend on comics, so I'm not sure if if because um, Fabian Cienza was editor editor in chief at Valiant at this time, and he was you know he was the old. X-Men and, and X-Force writer. So it's not like um, he was juggling both jobs from both publishers. So I'm I'm hazy on the timeline. I'm, I have no idea when Quantum and Woody was coming out as far as when Deadpool... It, it was definitely after Deadpool was introduced. Um, but I don't know if they were just... If, if they were running with the ball that, that started, we'll say, with Deadpool. It's and Valiant has comicsology sales from time to time. You can't go wrong if they have a ninety-nine cent sale. Spend four yeah. bucks, get the first four issues. Money worth, money well worth uh, spent. Yeah, it's 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 good. It is of an era though, yeah. but it is also the dialogue is amazing and it's just so fun. I, I don't know if I've ever met anyone that hasn't at least chuckled a couple of times in an issue while reading it. You may never read it again, but it's 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 worth it. They were a coincident. Uh, David, Sometime. they were it, Black oh, Panther, Dead, Black Panther, Deadpool, and Quantum and Woody were all simultaneous. No cool. shit. Okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So, uh, yep. I mean, yeah. I know he had to have been writing um, at least some issues of Deadpool while he was doing Black Panther because they had that that, that two part crossover. Um, yep. But okay, I didn't I didn't realize that. Uh, and I'm, his, I mean, his Black first Panther issue Latin. of uh, Deadpool was uh, number thirty-four, uh-huh. and it was uh, in November nineteen ninety-nine. It was the same month wow. that he put out Quantum and Woody number nineteen. Wow! And so Black the end. Okay, so he he must have seen the writing on the wall at Valiant, and then went um, <laughs> and then. Or, well, no, but also also it was because Jimmy and and Joe wanted him to write Black Panther. Yeah, so, Quantum I mean, and Woody well, ended uh, three months later. Right. So okay, <laughs> that's fine. And, and uh, I assume you, uh, I, if I can, just the the trades for Valiant, the first volumes are, are only nine ninety nine. So if you get it at DCB service or in stock trades, it's like six dollars. 
So you can get the Quantum and Woody trade, which is coming out any day now. It might even already be out. But like six bucks for the first four issues. So that's a pretty good deal. I thought that was a great first arc. I thought those uh-huh. first four issues were great. And and I, I mentioned when I went back to it, um, I read the first issue and it felt like it was just trying to mimic what Priest and Bright were doing. And then I just decided to sit down, reread it, and read the next three issues. Mm-hmm. And, and I, was, I was very happy I did. I, I thought that first arc was... It was a lot of fun. It, and it ended... Um, it was it, it was a satisfying ending. So I, I really have, I, I would definitely recommend you know if, if you're looking for something you know what I don't know what to get this guy or you know you got the the gift exchange coming out thanks Doctor Teeth and he's going to be doing his gift he's going to be doing the um, letting everybody know uh, you better hurry up bro uh, he um, but yeah if if you're looking for something that you know you're not sure what to get somebody I don't think you could go wrong with that first arc. Nope. Chris, what did uh, ne- uh sorry, I waved to Chris. Uh, Campbell, what did you think of uh Unity? Oh, I loved it. I loved it. Yeah, um we didn't talk about it on the first episode which just got released today, today. Of, of the podcast, but uh the Valiant podcast. Uh I loved it. I mean, it's Matt Kent is a great writer. He do, he's a little he- a little heavy on the captions, but I didn't mind. Uh, and Braithwaite killed it. Some of those exo panels are some of the best exo panels I've ever seen. Uh, but I mean, I, I liked it. I thought that it's tough because uh, in an interview, Kent said that uh, look, it's the first supergroup that Valiant has, and he wants it to be the hallmark of the Valiant universe. In my opinion, is it's somewhat realistic. Mm-hmm. It, it tries to not be. It tries to be realistic uh, within a certain comic booky type sense, and so. He thought, how do I have all of these characters, Toya Harada, Ninjak, you know, Gilad, Eternal How do you bring these, all, these guys together in a kind of realistic, non-corny way? And he realized, well, I'll tell you, the most realistic way was it wouldn't work. And so that's kind of the, the, the tact he took is let, let's, let's introduce it as organically as possible. And it's an oversized comic. You know, uh, Gilad and Harada have, have this alliance and, and Ninjak's a cell sword, he's a higher gun, so it kind of makes sense how he could come in, at least initially. And I thought it was nice, it's kind of a nice pace of how the team kind of comes together, but they're not all sitting around a table, JSA style, kind of like, let's introduce everyone. Uh, I thought the intro was amazing, um, with kind of, it's tough, because is so powerful, all these characters are so powerful, you, you get it introduced through this regular person who was in Romania at the time. And it's just you get the sense of, I got the sense when I read it of of the power of of, of EXO and how it would feel like to be just a normal person on the ground, and it was just awesome. I mean, Eric just fucked up Harada's team when they showed up. There was this one panel where he shoots this guy in the head, and his flaming fucking skull bounces and goes through another guy's chest. <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, I, I don't know. Uh, I don't great. know. Sometimes you just need some crazy violence like that. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's I like how it ended. It ended with okay, that didn't work, um, and let's take another approach. But it was it was the writing was great. You know, he played all the character strengths. Uh, Galad wasn't in the battle. He's kind of acting as a strategist, and I, mean, I can't say enough. Braithwaite's art was it's amazing, and uh, I mean, for a first issue, uh, I thought it delivered. 
I mean, I recommend it to anyone who, who wants to check it out. I mean, it is tricky because there's so much background with all of these characters, like Harada and Galah. They've, they've already been in their own series. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to bullshit people and say it's an excellent jumping on point because I'm, I got no, I have no perspective on it because I know these characters so well. I right, think right. you can jump on. But I mean, the proof's in the pudding. I mean, if you if you pick it up and don't understand why Toy Harada is such a big deal, then that's then that's a failing. I I think of a valiant for not making that clear. But it's something you can get through. I mean, Harada is my favorite character in the Valiant universe. So this is basically, in my opinion, the Toy Harada book, which I knew somehow they're going to. I, I thought maybe it was going to be the Harbinger book, where Harada somehow took over that book as kind of the star of it and Pete kind of just maybe spun out into a, a different book called like the Renegades or something. But uh I knew eventually Harada's Harada's like the the Doctor Doom. He's so charismatic and everyone loves him that in, even if he doesn't have his own book, he's popping up everywhere. And it's smart to use him like this. You know, you don't give him a solo book because that makes no sense. Harada he has people. He has a foundation. So it's kind of like, what if you gave Magneto uh, an evil brotherhood school and just, like, give him a book? Like, that's right. kind of what this book is to me. Um, and I'll tell you, people who've never read Valiant, and if they do pick this up, they'd probably think that Harada is the good guy and that, that our Exo is the bad guy. I mean, they, they really play with their expectations because if you just read this and nothing else, it makes it seem like Harada is this, this, you know, caring about the world, trying to do good, very... A very good person, and Ark is just this asshole, stubborn guy who just like fucking blows people up and lands in people's backyards and takes their shit. But I mean, it's it's sounds much like more complicated an asshole. than that. He sounds like an asshole, but uh, that's what that's what Valiant's good at is the the gray area. And obviously, I think Kent did that on purpose. And as this series goes on, I think cracks will show in Harada's good intentions, and EXO will probably you know, some hero- heroism will will shine through, but. I mean, I I gave it five out of five. I, I love it. Yeah, I mean, I I am admittedly uh, behind on a lot of the uh, Valiant titles, although I do continue to to buy them. But I was thinking about maybe reading Unity just as a test to see because I know all the characters because I've read at least like the first arc of each. But I haven't been keeping up with what's been going on since, so I'm, I I figure I might be a good test case to read Unity and see if like it is a decent jumping on point in the sense that you know will they be able to recap all the salient points that I may have missed, you know, yeah. and uh, and still engage me. So we'll see. I should do that too. Yeah. We should do that. We should yeah. do that. Nice. I'm that shit. Yeah, boy. <laughs> all right. Do. So um, our, our, now that, you know, Vince isn't here, our weekly recap of, of some, some TV goings on. Um, Arrow, awesome. Oh, it was awesome tonight, bro. It was fantastic. It was really tonight. good. Oh, I didn't it was, see it tonight. You did, Jason yeah. didn't see it yet. Are oh, you caught up, though? What's that? Right. No, are you caught up aside from tonight? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, did you. I know Chris saw the first episode at least. Is anybody else watching Almost Human? <laughs> yes. I have the first two episodes on um, my DVR. I haven't watched them. Okay. All right, cool. But you uh, seem to. I heard. You, I saw you gave it a thumbs up. So I did. Yeah, definitely. Um, second issue, second issue, second episode. I thought was uh, was was more entertaining than the pilot. Um, what, the pilot okay. felt like a pilot episode. Okay. But, um, now I yeah. had not seen the second episode. My okay. my biggest 
complaint, and I, I I like the pilot. I like the first the first I episode. Did I thought there was an amazing amount of world building that went on. It felt it had great chemistry. It had just the perfect amount of like Blade Runner meets Star Trek next generation to it you know it's it's there was the bright shiny part of the of the city but then there was definitely the the dark underbelly the yeah there there was a little bit of you know judge dread feel to it which which was very cool uh and i enjoyed all that my only my only nitpick and and you find this on network tv and this is this was kind of my one of my you know big problems with with shield is that things happen too fast is you don't give relationships enough time to you know organically evolve as they should. It's you need to get from point A to point B to point C and and connect everything and move on. And that was my only my only problem with with the first episode or the or the pilot is that you have this great character that is is being played by by Carl Urban who is He's this this cop who's had this horrible experience, and he has this the very deep reason as to why he should hate these the the synthetics or the the androids, and I wanted them to to play around with that a little bit more. And mm-hmm. he becomes partners with this with this kind of semi decommissioned version of of the androids who is more emotion driven and by the within an hour they are they're they're chummy with each other and i was like you know what take your time give me give me four or five episodes of him being an asshole to this to this thing that he really doesn't want to be paired with and no they 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 stitched it together very quickly and I understand you want to hit episode two. Here's my problem is that it, it automatically gave me the feeling that this is going to be a monster of the week show that it doesn't have as much of a, 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 a long game in sight that they want to have. It, it, it struck me as, as this is going to be a procedural and not a, a long game vision oh. show. You know what I, I mean? I I get what you mean. I did not get that at all from the first episode, especially because of what they did at the police station and how the episode ended. I didn't. I the, the way that episode and the way the pilot ended, it basically told me that they're that they're not going to be done in ones. There's something is going to be a plot line going through the episodes because when the the way the pilot ended it, it something's going on there and and it, it, they didn't wrap that up in the first episode and it's something that's going to come back and and that's the best way to say it without spoiling anything so it's it, it, no i i didn't i didn't feel like and and i get that they um I, yeah, things happen kind of quickly, but I think I think Kenix kind of accepted Dorian because of after his quick chat with the captain. 
and and you know and and yeah exactly but that's my point is that it was a quick chat and that's what it was it's it's like no you know it's it's it doesn't have to happen now it's you know give it give it some time it's okay it's let us give us give us the credit for being intelligent enough to understand that relationships don't have to be resolved within a 40 minute runtime it's it's I it's on Fox. I'll be happy if they just showed the fucking episodes in order. Touche. <laughs> I'm, I'm not. I'm not. You know. It, again, this isn't. This isn't AMC. This. This isn't. This isn't BBC America, where you know we're getting 13 episodes. It's. It's. It's a network primetime TV show. So. So they're going to do what you know what they're doing on Arrow, what they're doing on Agents of Shield. You're not. It. It's. I get why they're doing it, and and I, you know, because I I expect certain things from Fox. I, I'm, I'm kind of surprised this is on Fox, but I I'm, I'm glad it is. It, it looks is, amazing. It is. And, it's and and and, 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 I'm and, ta- a, and ta- uh, take my criticisms as I I had very high expectations of the show from the trailers. I enjoyed it. I'm gonna continue to watch it. Yeah. But that was I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna hold things to a high standard and this looks great. I just want it to be I want it to be really good. And it was good. Yeah. And it's almost really good. I just I hope that after the pilot and I haven't seen how how did you like the second episode or episode I one? It. I, I thought I thought it was great. Yeah. It was, okay. We got we got some more Mackenzie Crook. Which I'm, I, I've always enjoyed him from The Office. He was Gareth on The Office, and, which is the British Dwight for, for, for people who didn't see the original. Office. Oh, awesome! But he, cool. uh, he he was great in that. He's also he was also in the Pirates of the Caribbean movies, the Dude with the Eye. And but I I thought he was fantastic. They, they gave him more screen time in the second episode. It was great. Um, the interaction between Dorian and Kenix I thought was they they introduced. Um, New tech in the second uh, episode, which was fantastic. Uh, I, I'm also getting, and and I'm surprised. I shouldn't be surprised. I'm glad to see that other people remember this show, but I'm getting a a, a Total Recall 2070 vibe from it. Oh. And, <laughs> and 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 it's, it's, it's funny because Sal and I were were talking about how much we wanted this to be like Alien Nation. And it's and and because it's you know it's it's the the the, the buddy cops who you know are are at odds but are, are more are more alike than they think mm-hmm. they are and and it, it definitely has that is the, is um, that is that a blind spot for Jason and Chris did you guys ever what? watch the the movie and then amazing TV show Alien Nation I I'd say amazing but yeah it, it was, was awesome I liked it it was fucking it was, awesome that was I, I was I. I wanted an ending to that. Actually, it was, well, it, yeah, it was one of those shows awesome. where it, I was so pissed that we didn't get an actual, mm-hmm. honest to god, um, finale. But it was um, no, I, I, it, I, I, I thought I, it, James McConaughey, uh, James McConaughey, James Conn and Mandy Patinkin in the movie mm-hmm. were fantastic. Um, I, I did enjoy the TV show. It was one of those shows, and, and again, that was on Fox. I, I watched that and I enjoyed it. Um, but there were, uh, you know, I, it, it's, it was, with the exception of Sunday night's, uh, The Walking Dead, I, this was a great week for TV at, with, with Arrow tonight. 
it was I, I had no problem with anything really I saw this week except for Sunday night. But no, I, I um I'm I'm oh, all for wait, what the, oh the Walking Dead? Yeah, the, the Walking Governor. I, I thought it was ah. uh, I I uh no, I definitely, <laughs> I, 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 um, I definitely recommend Almost Human. Um, I am, uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you know now I have something else. Now I have something on Monday nights, so I, I got, uh, oh. I got Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and and then I can uh, watch the other shit I tape the rest of the week. So I was looking for it. Which page is it? I couldn't find it. Just look up uh, Walking Dead original art if you can't find it. I did. Really? I don't think you're going to be the only dude selling original art. No, there's only like 10. I mean, I looked through all of them. Really? Which which page is it? It's um, issue 49, page 2. Just, just, just yeah. type it. Oh, yeah, just... check it out. I, I, I can't believe you're selling it. You know, no, I actually. You can't believe it. Well, look at my, look at my starting bid price, and you'll believe I'm selling it. I can't find that fucker. Really? Well, I, I, I typed in Walking Dead original art earlier. Uh huh. Today? Just like when we were starting recording. Really? I cannot find it. I, I typed in Walking Dead original art, and there's mm. about twenty five, lots of sketch covers, but. Issue eighty two. Maybe I need to change how it's. No, I, I just I found it immediately. Oh, what? Okay. okay. What? I just uh, typed in "Walking Dead" original art, and it came. That's it was what I second, typed in. Second uh, listing. Oh well, good. Okay. Bid on it. You've sold three hundred seventy-four <laughs> things, dude. Or is that including your buys and sells? Is that how that works? That should be buys and sells. Oh, I was going to say, damn. Yeah, right. I still can't find it. I'm I'm stupid. All right. Well, I'll find it eventually. Bid on it. It's a great page, Chris. You need it in your collection. I you have a page, it. and I actually it's I a balls deep minimum, dude. <laughs> it's a ball I know, right? Dude, I just, I just thought I had some Jesus, good for you. I, uh, whew, I, I gotta see. find this. I got twenty-five people watching it. There you go. So. Oh, oh, I found it. It's a great it. page, isn't it? It's it's a fantastic page. You know, I was looking for. Um, yeah, that's. Beautiful, man. You Which, should buy uh, it. You should buy it now. I have. Well, you, know, you should you buy know, it I, now. I have a page. Oh, yeah, buy it now for that price. Yes. <laughs> and you're just, you're just daring somebody like to, to wipe off the buy it now, and they realize they still are committed to the minimum. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, I have the. I, ha- I have a page on my wall. Right, I'm looking at it right now, and uh, yeah. I, I actually thought about selling it, you know, to, to raise some money and. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then my wife, because my wife and I love watching the show together. Because finding a show that my wife and I can watch together is very, is very rare. It's very important. So we watch it, you know, every week. But I mentioned selling that page, and she looked at me and said, "You better not sell that fucking page." Oh, like that's, good for her. That's like representative of like a show that we've loved watching for oh, years. Oh, that's nice. So uh, it's standing up on the wall. It's the page. It's like almost the splash page when they get to Alexandria, and uh, Car- it's a picture of Carl looking up at his dad. 
And he's like saying something like, "Is this some place we can be happy, Dad?" And then it's just like a big splash of Rick smiling. And like, because I bought then, it because I wanted a page of Walking Dead where there's a there's like actual smiles on the page. So because it doesn't. This is kind of rare. So I yeah. bought that page. Nice, very cool. But you should sell yours, and you should get the 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 buy it now price. I it's think really I think that I think that out of all of the thousands of listeners that we have, that there's got to be one person out there that wants that page so bad. <laughs> yeah, man. Maybe so you should bad. contact the uh, the the actress who. No, uh, <laughs> should tweet that. You should you should you should have her tweet that out. You would uh, you would sell it. I have a uh, whatever. What's the opposite of buyer's remorse? Not buyer's remorse. Not buyer's remorse. <laughs> I uh, I had a page all ready to roll of uh from the first issue of uh of McGinnis's X-Men book and uh I just uh I I, I was trying to get, so? get him talk talk him down a little bit and then uh he came down a little and I was kind of hemming and hawing and then uh and then I I, I waited too long and it got sold. That's okay. Nothing wrong. With yeah, that. but now I regret it cuz it was such a pretty page. Yeah. You know, they they come and go. I tell you, I I will never regret selling the cover of the comic Six that I up. sold. No, you That's shouldn't. Right. No, definitely <laughs> that was shouldn't. perfectly timed. Yes, yeah, that, that was, was uh, that was that was a good that was a good sell. So I'm hoping for the same thing here. But yeah, it's uh, you know, Chris, you 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 are a, uh, an OA buyer. Have you have you kept up buying? You know, because we we had a great conversation. This has been years back. Whenever. Whenever we saw uh, sketch prices getting really, really elevated at conventions, and we both kind of decided that you know what, if for the the bang for your buck is in is in pages through, and, and really honestly through dealers, not even from not even from the artists. It was it's through dealers is the best bang for your buck. Well, it makes sense too, right? Because I feel like uh, if you buy. If you buy it direct from the artist, there's benefits, but the negatives are also they might not look at it as much of a as a financial transaction, and they also uh, I don't think have that. I mean, some might, but I think dealers have a lot of a lot more inventory by virtue of having so many uh, artists pieces, and I feel mm-hmm. like they view it more as like let's get this shit through the door. Let's it, it's it, it's an it's an inventory cash it's, flow thing for them. It's Absolutely. Exactly, and so uh, it, it makes more sense. I mean, I bought that paper that that. The Butch Geist Captain America page I bought. Beautiful yeah. page. Beautiful page. $100. Yeah, beautiful page. <laughs> Out of control. But yeah. uh, it is it is a better deal. And especially, yeah, this was years ago we talked about this in New York, right? It's, yeah. I meant hundreds and hundreds of dollars for a, pay, uh, for a, a sketch that you don't even know what it's going to look like mm-hmm. versus, I mean, there's there's artists that, that we know that you could buy a published half splash, really good page for the exact same price as a color convention sketch. Mm-hmm. The exact same price. Yeah, I mean, it used to be there was a gap between those two things. Dude, I mean, at uh, New York Comic Con, I mean, David and I are and Roland all bought Jim Chung pages from fucking. <sighs> Avengers actual pages that for less that I know that he charged people as much for sketches at the con as we got for those actual pages. I mean, it's a no brainer. How many years have I been trying to get a Jimmy Chung sketch? And then you know, it's funny. For years, it was a running joke. And then I think the addendum that a lot of listeners maybe don't realize is that uh, this C two E two, a good friend of ours who knows Jimmy, actually pulled the string and and would could had it all set up to get me on his list in spite of the fact that you know I had theoretically missed you know the 
the the three three milliseconds at the beginning of a con you actually have to sign up, <laughs> and, um, and and then it was uh, to be honest, the, the, I'm not going to get into the price. I don't, don't want to yeah. blow Jimmy up here, but but the price for a head sketch was more than most of my original pages from, from the cost. Yeah, and I own a lot of original pages, so so I had kind of given up that I would ever get a Jim Chung thing. You it's know? also, I mean, you know how it is. It's uh, there's a, a limited amount of. There's there's people who want a sketch, and there only has to be so many. You know, there only has to be, you know, twenty guy, ten guys who show up in New York Comic Con that uh, that want something. He's got shitloads more of original art than that. So, yeah, there's, the original art might be one of a kind that page, but the concept of just a published page. Well, there's hundreds of Jimmy Chung published pages, maybe not a particular yeah. one, but yet a, a, a sketch from him. Those are. You know what? Thirty a year, maybe forty a year of your choice of a character, but they're just. I I I'm I'm completely over into the jam the the Woodrow jam piece thing. I finished my Batman one, and and sketchbooks. I got I, I got I got one yeah, I got I one square to go. And yeah, oh, I think, I think yeah. the thing that I I I've lost a little bit of interest in and, and not this is not always the cases, but. But when I get commissions now, um, I I, uh, I definitely only do it if I'm if I very detailed conversations with the artist ahead of time and and get composition. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, because art without composition is not all that compelling anymore. I mean, there was a time, especially when I was first getting into art, when just again, like you said, the having a drawing of 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 a, a, by an artist that I loved was was exciting, and it still is. But you know, like with all things, as you sort of get, it's like what. Uh, Neeson was talking about before we got on about you know cameras and whatever your interests are you know it sort of always evolves and so now you know having several you know a toy is full of of pages and 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 you know a bunch of wall space now completely full of, of framed work uh, it just you know it takes a little more to get me jazzed you know like yep. and, and and like it's it, now it's a question of all right if I buy this is this page that I'm about to buy or is this a piece of art about to buy cool enough that it's going to displace something that's already that's, on my phone? Exactly. You, you that's start, what we talked about. You start, yeah. you start to compare it to other things that you have and that's, yeah. and that, that is the evolution of that hobby. And, and you have, it, we're all comic book fans, but there are subsets of the hobby and collecting art is a subset of that. And, we you know, I look at there, do I? I said a glorious subset. It is a glorious subset. You know, I you guys know I I love Alien Legion. It's one of my favorite comics from whenever I was growing up, and I have two amazing Alien Legion original pages. And whenever I will look on eBay or different look around at different art sites, my natural inclination is is this page better than either of the two that I already own. And if the answer is no, then I don't even consider it. Well, you, uh, you haven't been to my house, Chris, but like I'm running out of space and Jason is too. And now Woods uh, and David's probably going to run out of space too, but it gets to a point where you have framed pieces up on the wall that you love and you buy some other pages and they sit in the toys and it gets to the point where is you, like you said, is this piece good enough do I love it enough that I would take down one of my frame pieces and put this up instead? And if the answer is no, then it's going to live in a Toyota portfolio, and that's kind of sad. Yeah. It's like Sad Panda at the Zoo. It's, uh, yeah, it's exactly. Well, I, I, I decided whenever I started doing this that I wasn't going to put pages in a portfolio. And, that's hard. That's and, hard. Uh, 
Well, it is hard. And unfortunately, I have a portfolio that has a bunch of sketches. And, you know, we've amazing listeners that have sent me art from over the years and just stuff that I have accumulated. And now I have to rotate it out because I've got basically my comic book room is my bookshelves. And then it's all framed original pages. And I've got, you know, I've got like, you know, 26 pages framed and and hanging around my room and i and i look at them and it's like you know what i love each and every one of them because i bought it for a specific reason and each page is different and there's great commission i've got a tom fowler commission that is amazing and i will never ever sell that i've got two chris somni commissions that i will never ever ever sell you know, but there are other pages in my collection that I'm like, yeah, you know what? Eh, everybody's got their price. You know, it's yeah. Well, have especially when you have multiple pieces from one guy. You know, like that's why yeah. I sold one of my Sean Murphy pages because I had two. I loved one. I really liked the other. Well, I'm not going to have two Murphy pages on my wall, so I'll sell the the lesser one. And I think Gobo bought it. <laughs> well, there you go. There we go. I have a fantastic well, yeah, Tony, Tony Moore Exterminators page. If anyone would like it, you know, because, <laughs> I, because you know, because I've got, I've got, I've got a page of his from Brett that I that I that I really love, and you know, so it's I've got a I've got a freaking Raphael Albuquerque page sitting in an art portfolio that I have to get out and get on my wall, and so I so so people that want me to display that page on my wall need to go and buy that Walking Dead page to free up, <laughs> to free up a space on my wall. So yeah, and I, the, the the pages I have, I have. I, I, okay, so I have, I'm looking at the wall right now that I have to move things around. I picked up some more frames from Michael, so I have the Infinity page. I have um, the uh, I have the Phil Hester, Andy Parks, Green Arrow page. Oh, I have you. a page that I would love to put on the wall because it. This page in particular is mostly because of the story along with it, and it was because I picked it up at New York Comic Con. It's from Ren and Stimpy, and it cost five bucks, and it was awesome. And it's awesome, and it's 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 got red lines on it. It's got the word balloons pasted on it. I love this page. It doesn't fit in an eleven by seventeen frame because it's it, the page is a little longer. I have the page that Jason gave me last year from with 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 Mister Monster on the panel, and and that doesn't fit in eleven by seventeen because the paper is just a little bit too wide. So I have I have to get all these other frames, but I need to tighten up my wall. But, you know, I'm happy because I have at least, I now have three Star Trek pages, but at least the one that I have on the wall right now, it contains a conversation between Spock and, and Bones. And, and it's, 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 it's just, the Gordon it's, Purcell page. it's, it's a definitive, yep, it's a Gordon Purcell page, definitive, typical exchange between Spock and Bones. And, and it is one of my, it, it's a prized possession. But I mean, yeah, it's. It, I don't want. I wouldn't want just any Spider-Man page at this stage. I would want. I would want a page either from an issue important to me, or that the page tells a story all within those panels. I don't just want any Spidey page now. Yeah, yeah. So your, cha- your tastes are changing. Absolutely. I, mean, I, I assume that's why. I don't want to speak for him, but I assume that's why Jason started doing the the jam pieces. Is you don't have that problem of having to analyze: will this displace something? Is it good enough? Because yeah. now all of a sudden it's okay 
yeah, it, it's just adding the, the it's it's another piece in the the puzzle, and the sum of it is going to be what's awesome. Like, and that's what I, that's why I do sketchbooks now. Like, I have a Valiant sketchbook, a Ninja Turtle sketchbook, because it's just something. Uh, I don't have to worry about it sitting in a portfolio. At the end of it, I'm going to have this awesome little memento that I can flip through, and I never have to worry about, oh, is this piece frame worthy? Is it, is it, because it's, it doesn't matter. It's staying in my little book. That was, that, was absol- get- that was absolutely my thing about the jam pieces, is that there are so many artists out there that I want art from. I don't have room for it. Yeah. And this was an opportunity for me to say, okay, you know what? I'm going to, on one page, I can get 20 people that I may not own a page from, or even if I do, that's fine. But it's, yeah, those jam pieces are great. And I love just the squared off ones because it's, it's cramming as many people as you can onto, onto a, onto a page. And, you know, when else am I going to get a Bill Sienkiewicz original? When am I going to get a Neil Adams original? Exactly. Exactly. I've got Neil Adams and Bill Sienkiewicz on the same page with Umberto Ramos and Hilary Barda and Ben Templesmith. I mean, that's cool. And if I play my cards right, I'm going to drive all my fucking way to to um, Fort Wayne, Indiana with the uh, with the express intent of getting a uh, uh, a Starenko on there to uh, for my last square. So we'll see. It's a. Uh, Kidnap uh, that motherfucker! <laughs> I am there. There may be there may be some uh, there may be some uh, some drugs and and hookers involved. So we'll see. I but, learned uh, it from you, Storenko. How <laughs> to drug a man? It's uh, but yeah, that's uh, it, it's cool. And I think you know, I've got the the Avengers Jam and the JLA Jam. I think I'm going to do Marvel and DC villains next. Oh, nice. So it's uh, you know because the the Avengers and and JLA that's basically the you could basically say heroes of Marvel and heroes of DC that that kind of has most of them so I think uh, villains would be would be a good companion piece to go with those Flash Rogues is what I'm thinking of doing next yeah nice. yeah like little cool. Flash in the middle maybe by like Scott Collins or something who's my who I, who's my favorite Flash artist and uh, and then like the Rogues around him but. Yeah, I mean, Jason makes me look like a an amateur. I only have one ongoing jam piece at the moment. I got my Ben Grimm one. I have, uh, the Batman one is done and retired, and I just you know you got to have passion for you know it has to come to you. It can't just be you know if you're struggling to try to find a theme, then it's not it's not right. It, you know, it'll you it'll wait. be interesting, you know, because we all kind of troll the the um, original art aftermarket and. These things are going to start hitting the the aftermarkets at some point. That's people that uh-huh. will you know either need to dissolve their collections or you know what whatever or pass away and and they're gonna they're gonna end up hitting the market. Whenever you what do you think these things will eventually start going for? Do you think it'll be way below market value or do you think that there's a chance that these things are going to to have this crazy insane value just because of, you know, I I see like in baseball collectibles, they're I kind of think of them as like the all-star balls. You know, I've seen like all-star balls come to market that'll be like, you know, the 
you know, 52 all-star game. And it's got a lot of guys on there that you, that you really don't know who they are, but it also has Mickey Mantle and you, uh, you know, Ted Williams and, you know, and, and it's, it's got those guys on there and they, they are insanely valuable. And I don't know if like these jam pieces are going to do that in, you know, 20 or 25 or 30 or 50 years from now. It's like, what would a jam piece to, you know, if people, if this kind of thing existed, you know, 30 years ago and you had a Jack Kirby, you know, kind of rendered sketch on a jam piece. What is that? What kind of value does that? Yeah, that's the thing. If you had like a Marvel heroes, like a well thought out theme, like let's say fantastic four and you had on it, Jack Kirby and George Perez, you know, and, and guys who are known for that and they're all good. And it's a well thought out theme. And there's people like that could go for premium coin. If it's just like a random, Random artists, some aren't so good, and it's just kind of a weak theme. Then those might not really go for a lot. But if you have, if everything shit, if all that shit is tight and locked down, and it makes sense, then I could see it going for an amazing amount of money. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I think the high end would be high, but I think it would quickly taper off because it's 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 tough, right, to get like all of them to look good. I think if you have. Sure. If you have one or two squares that are just whack, I think people are just going to go, whoa, and just, like, it's, I can't deal with well, those squares. It, it's like, on, it's like my, my JLA one, I, it's, it's amazing because I like Neil Adams on there and Bill Sienkiewicz, but there's a Franco square on it, which I love. I absolutely adore it, but it's basically a crayon sketch yeah. of members of the JLA on it, and while I love it and I know that, you know, Franco and art for what they do, I can see someone looking at that and going, okay, you know, what the hell is that? Um, that's not, but that's the different, that's different than a shit sketch, right? Like people, people who are in the hobby will understand who he is, what his style is and his connection maybe, to DC. Maybe. It's not like it's just shit, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, we'll see. I mean, I don't think. You know, I, I just think you have to find the right buyer. I don't know. I don't think they go like, for example, like if you, um, I think they're the aftermarket for just commissions is not that good. I think that there's yeah. limited amount of money in it, and I think that those are always going to go to the published pages. Uh, and I think that the the aftermarket for sketches, even convention sketches, is 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 competitive. And I think mm-hmm. only the premium pinup style commissions would go for. Real money, like if you had a George Perez eleven by seventeen, beautiful Teen Titans in his heyday, that would go for a ton of money. But if you just have some random Nightwing sketch from five years ago, I mean, you're not going to get more than fifty bucks for it. I mean, you're just not. Yeah. No. Good insight. Good insight. Because you you keep and not that I ever 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 have any intention of selling my jam pieces because you know what? Besides the money it costs. They're a fucking pain in the ass to get done. There's a lot of work involved in that shit. Elbow grease, elbow grease. Oh my god, it takes so much running. Watching Jason go around a convention floor, <laughs> you know, like, and like, I'm like, where are we going? It's like, oh, we got to go over here. Why? I got my, I got my jam going on. It's like, okay, then we got to go here. Why? I got another jam going on. You had like four of them going on at the last convention we were at. Yeah, I mean. Like, I mean, there's, a, you know, the jam thing is obviously evolving, but for me, it just, it hits on so many things. I mean, obviously the, the, um, 
you know, the original impetus is like you guys said, I mean, it's a chance to get art from people that you otherwise couldn't get. And it's not just about, say, for example, like sure with like a Neil Adams or Humberto Ramos, there's a, a cost and availability factor, no doubt. But it's also, I think, um, the thing I love about jams is that I can't tell you how many times I've had an artist draw on a jam piece um, well after into a con, they've, their, their sketch list is full. Yeah, you know, but, but they'll but they'll fit it in. Yeah, they'll see it. They'll 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 especially you know if it's something that if it's a subject matter that they're kind of intrigued by, um, especially if there's already a couple squares drawn on it that are really good and they see it, you know, it kind of gets the competitive juices flowing. And like you said, they 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 look at that and they it's basically a head sketch. It's their little you know sketch card size, so they know that they could bang it out in in twenty thirty minutes and do a nice job. And so. Um, so, so I love that because it, it it does give you the chance to to basically go out and get art every day of a con instead of just having to, you know, really optimize your first hour or two and get on people's lists. Um, and then, you know, I love the challenge of it. I love the 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 tapestry of 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 trying to get guys lined up, and then and then on top of that, seeing who else you can get to do squares that you didn't have ahead of time, and discovering new artists. And you know, I've taken a much different approach in the sense that that I uh, each of my jams it doesn't. Um, you know, I'm not sort of attacking a quote unquote tier of artists. I mean, I, I'm really approaching, um, you know, the, every, every one of my pages has a mix of artists from, you know, people that, that have almost had no published work done to legends. You know, I just, to me, it's just more about, um, you know, kind of a chronicling like a con experience and who's there and who I think would do a good job uh, on the, on the piece. And, you know, and, and it's those serendipitous moments like David's, you know, convincing me to get Bob Layton to draw Iron Man and, yeah, accidentally calling Amazing. his girlfriend his daughter, or <laughs> or, or, uh, or or you know, or, or or just you know, going up and chatting with Herb Trimpey and having him draw Scarlet, or you know, just it's those kind of things that that you know leave that mark with you, right? That that you'll never forget. Um, and then and then you know, for me, the last thing is just been it's been a lot of fun, um, you know, trying to compose you know these these pieces to to look like something. Um, you know that that I'm, you know that that has a piece of me in it too. You know that it's, so it's not just about the artist, but it's also something that I designed and and uh, is personalized to me. And you know, I mean, in, in that with that vein, like I, I couldn't imagine for that se- shit. Well, I couldn't imagine selling most of mine, getting any money for them, because I mean, even like the ones I do as mock-up co- comic covers, you know, I I I use my name, right? Like Woodrow's, you know, Avenger. Like it's 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 all so it's very much personalized to me. So I, I, I as they should be because they are yeah, no, exactly. I mean, like you said, I have no intent of selling them, but you know, as my wife often jokes, if I ever keel over, she's gonna you know get on the horn We're to liquidate best. all my stuff. I I don't know that they would fetch all that much. You know, I would I would uh, I would actually rather like them be given to you know friends of mine that would appreciate them. You know that then then, um, but it's just a blast. I will say. And, and we really experienced this in New York. Um, the, the 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 jam piece is now becoming popular enough as a concept. Do you, that, do, do uh, you that, how much of that? Do you, I, I, and I don't want to beat our chest or anything like that. But we've talked about these at length before, and I know a lot of eleven o'clockers do it. It's I kind of feel like this is that we are at least partly to blame for this. Well, yeah, I mean, I definitely think we had a hand in it. I mean, again, it's hard to say how any of these things get started, right? I mean, and or how they really blow up. But I, I definitely think certainly based on the um, – just based on the sheer volume of people I've seen at cons that are doing them or people that we know, I, I certainly think that, that there's a – you know, we've had some, some little hand in it. Um, you know, jam pieces as a concept have been around for ages. But I think the thing that's, that's, that's kind of reinvigorated them is that 
most people, including a lot of our good buddies in the business, hate those traditional jam pieces. Like it's almost like a bad word where like you would – people used to like have like the a worst. piece of paper and they'd have someone draw Captain America in the middle and then they'd say, OK, can you draw Thor next to him? And can you mm-hmm. – you know, and, Not and delineated. Really not delineated square. Yeah, they yeah. really got uncomfortable with that because it's just it, – it's not something they like to do. So I think these like more compartmentalized, squared off pieces has, has been – I've seen a lot of artists – like I've many times over the last few years said, "Hey, would you have time to draw my jam piece?" And you see the guy being like, "Oh, I don't." And then you then you pull it out and you show it to him, and they're like, "Oh, oh, you mean oh, okay? Oh, this is cool. I thought you meant you know." And so um, Brady Bunch jam, yeah. That's but what I'm saying Brady. is like is that it's become popular enough though that that, uh, that 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 it's definitely no longer like a novelty to these guys. Like like. They're charging decent coin for the squares now. Like they're not like. I like them back when they were free. <laughs> yeah, because well, and again, I don't blame them because they still understand that ultimately it's their time, and and yet it's from a bang for their buck. They love them, right? Because because it, it takes a half hour and, instead of five hours, and and while they're not getting from a percentage basis, they're getting more than they'd get for a fifth of a sketch. You know, so so. Um, and they're granular. They can fit them in very easily around other things as opposed to just like at work, you know, like little quick little projects are, are welcome because they can just kind of fit in and your work schedule will not disrupt your larger projects. But yeah. remember back in the day, Chris, we were um, going way back, like in New York years ago, mm-hmm. remember? Uh, we were walking around and this is before any of us had started any of them, right? And... Uh, I saw some guy, this is years ago, I saw some guy with what is what we now know is like a, a jam piece. And I just kind of saw it, I think he was over by Gabe's table. And I saw it and I go, that's fucking cool. And <laughs> then and then next, the next show we were at was I think was at Chicago with Hillary, right, in Germany. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I had them start mine, then you started your Batman, yours. Batman, your Batman one. My Batman and, and, one. And, and Jeremy's Joker is awesome, and then Hillary, what, did a, ma- a Batmite for you. Batmite, yeah. Which and was that, awesome. that was that was That was awesome. That was a couple of years ago, but then and then, and then and then I think Jason's, I mean, so it started from there. So yeah, it's but now they're fucking everywhere. But like, I remember when I saw that in New York, I'm like, what the fuck is that? Like, that's- I mean, and then you have people like Jerry McDade who are like, I always joke with him. He's like, <laughs> you know, when the, when the Masters just exceeds the, you know, t- uh, uh, surpasses the sensei. It's like, I mean, so the shit. dude. The dude is just because, because again, there's like, there's all these nuances to jams that I love. It's, it's, it's about, like you said, Chris, what's the theme? Um, you know, going to cons, it's like there's the, there, it, there's so many things that have to happen to make it pull off. Like you have to have a good idea, you have to have reference, you have to plan it out, you have to you know artist alley inside and out and figure out you know what's a realistic number. You gotta, um, but then the, the the other thing is is you gotta you gotta you know have some game like in terms of getting artists to to do them and 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 again like getting like legendary artists is tricky and mcdade is a master i mean he's a freaking master getting these dudes who will <laughs> who not did he draw get, who did he get recently that i well, he got zek to do zek. and the best was is he got zek to do two zek, what <laughs> like, are you kidding like, me no, it's 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 unheard of, and, and um, oh, and then like God. another guy, like shout out to Chris Stark, like he 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 does the best layouts. I mean, yeah. his his Transformers and Spider Man ones that he was working on in New York were just astounding to me. I mean, now there's a kid with real artistic ability in his own right, and so his layouts are just beautiful. I mean, uh, I saw those; that's really amazing. Yeah, it's just a lot of fun. Like I said, but I don't want too many people to hear this and get excited. I don't want anyone else doing jam pieces. No, man. Yeah. 
Well, <laughs> the rest of y'all just wait in line and get a sketch. <laughs> the best point was the mem- the memory thing, the the the, the value, the, the bang for your buck on like memories. When you look at a sketch piece, it's like all the different squares. You remember exactly how that piece came to be. Like I remember Tim Sale. I walked up to Tim Sale in Boston, and the guy it was like hundreds of dollars to do to to do a sketch. And I'm like, oh. Mm-hmm. So you know, I had to kind of think quick, and that wasn't that was not going to happen for a little square, right? Mm. But then he kind of looked up at me and said, "Well, you know, for the first ten minutes of the show, I'll do. I like to do free little warm up stuff, so I'll just warm up on your little jam piece." I'm like, "Oh man, you're the fucking man." Nice. <laughs> my, my my negotiation with Neil Adams was humorous to say the least. <laughs> you just didn't pay him the money to say thank you, sir. No, no, it was it was a little bit of back and forth, and it was a I only uh, I only uh, do sketches for this amount, and it was a little exorbitant. I was like, yeah, how about this amount? And he's just like, yeah, how about this amount? And I was like, yeah, how about this amount? He's like, okay, give it to me. So uh, yeah, it was uh, it was good, and uh, and I have uh, some new havoc, right? Resort. It's havoc, yeah. yeah. Uh huh. No, it's a uh, Hawkman. Oh, man, okay, yeah. Oh, that's right, the profile, the side shot, right? It's actually a nice three-quarter. Um, he didn't even do... It's not even a a, 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 a profile. It's actually three-quarter, which is nice. Neil Adams killed me, man. I just paid him his goddamn money and said... And I had him do Ra's al Ghul on mine, which I really... Looking nice. back, I'm really happy that I did. Yeah. And he did that nice, like, overhead three-quarter view, but the funny thing is, when I went to go pick it up, um, you signed it, and I talked to him for a second... And I was just about ready to leave, and he looked down and said, oh, shit. We didn't say, oh, shit, but, oh, shit, I didn't do any, like, uh, color tones. And I'm like, it looked good. Okay. It looked real good, right? And so he took out a bunch of his Copic markers and starts adding like, all of this, like, coloring, rendering, extra shit. I'm like, oh, man, just keep going. And, like, and like, all these people are, like, trying to come up and bother him to, like, sign books. I kind of, like, moved over and kind of blocked their way because I didn't want those <laughs> fucking guys to, like, butt in and have him say, Do oh, not distract nothing. him. <laughs> Do not distract him. He's coloring my shit. That's awesome. Yeah, he's he, – Neil, Neil gets a, an interesting uh, uh, reputation or has an uh, re- interesting reputation – but he's always been pretty cool with me. I've I've had a chance to sit down and talk with him a couple times, and he's all right. It's uh, he's I mean he's yeah. he's there's no bigger Neil Adams fan in the world than Neil Adams. But uh, but he was he was all right whenever whenever I've been able to interact with him. Only autograph I've ever paid for. The only what? Only autograph I've ever paid for in my life. Really? Yeah. I wanted to autograph my you know those old school uh, collector edition DC like massive. Like the real, like uh, the Treasury editions, you know. Yeah, yep, yep. They they reprinted the the Razagul trilogy in that, and I have one. It's just pristine and beautiful, is it, is and it, I wanted the, to sign it's, it. It's not it's not hardcover. It's just a it's just no. A, it's it's like heavy cardboard cover stock, and it's like as big as like uh, an artist edition. Okay, and Neat. it's just beautiful because it's it's got the mm-hmm. old coloring technique. It's mm-hmm. not got that horrific that he, where he recolored, yeah, abomination to nature. Uh, so I want him to sign that, and he charged five bucks. I'm like, fuck it, fine. Um, oh, f- five bucks is fine. It's whenever he, you know, he starts charging only twenty bucks for an autograph. I don't want. I mean, the only other person I considered paying for an autograph was on was Stan Lee, and I and I and I was mad because I paid the money in advance at Emerald City, and it was forty dollars, and I paid for it. And I went to get in line, mm-hmm. and they started talking about like these like tickets for time slots and come back th- and like this 
And I just looked at him and I said, I got time for this shit. And I just walked away and I didn't even get my goddamn autograph. Basically, it was taking like three or four hours of bullshit. Like, you yeah. have to come back and get in another line to get a ticket for a time slot. Like, they wouldn't even give you a time slot. You had to come back later and wait in another line. And I just said, fuck this noise. That's, what it, take, that's what it takes to get uh, signed by the man these fuck days. That. <laughs> <laughs> then you Vin- just meet him. God damn you. Vin- Vince. <laughs> in a Vin- picture. Well, yeah, that was. We, we weaseled our way into that. Yes, you did. I mm. love it. Jason, do you have that printed out anywhere? No, as you guys were, talking, I was sitting here thinking about that, and that uh, I will forever be in uh, in in uh, in Ron and, and and Connor and Josh's debt for that that uh, that tag along because I don't know that I'll you know get a chance to ever do it again with Stan. He's ninety now, you know. So yeah, yeah. He's not going to be around for that every con, but but as 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 uh, Campbell was just saying, you know, to, in most cases he's so heavily handled unless you're going to drop a couple bills just to get a chance to see him. It's hard to do. So the fact that we yeah. just got to spend some time with him. Without any pomp and circumstances, uh, just awesome. Very it cool. Awesome. It was very cool. Well, Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because it's, it. it's too. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it, but I just have to. Uh, this has been in the works for some time. I have been going to the Fantagraphics website mm-hmm. every week, waiting for it to finally be available to order through them. Uh, it was finally available and uh, arrived right before I got on a plane to head to Minneapolis this week. Uh, and it is uh, by Mr. Ed Pisker. The uh, selected edition of the Hip Hop Family Tree. Uh, Ed has been doing a webcomic uh, about hip hop and the history of hip hop for ages. It's it's an amazing webcomic, but this is the collected edition. And the first thing I I have to say about it, which I didn't know uh, until it, until I opened the box, is that it's a fucking ginormous treasury edition sized book. Like I'm so used to collected editions of indie stuff being tiny now, like digest size, that I just assumed this would be, and it's freaking treasury edition size. It's huge, um, and it's it's just um, it, it's just so amazing. I mean, it's 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 hip hop and comics, which is like two, you know, it's it's like chocolate and peanut butter for me. It's 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 taking two of my favorite things and putting them together, and uh, it, it's 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 played very straight. I mean. You know, Ed uh, Edge just starts at the beginning and uh, and the origins of of, of hip hop and, uh, and and you know really you know all the way back like he literally the book starts with with DJ Cool Herc on Sedgwick Avenue and it it just goes all the way through from there you know and uh, it's just fantastic man I mean Pisker's a great cartoonist if you haven't read WYSIWYG I recommend that as well. But uh, but I just uh, man I, I <laughs> this book is 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 again I, I don't know. If you're not a hip hop fan, I, I have no idea if this book would do anything for you. Because, in fact, I'm curious if if anybody has read the web comic or has the book that isn't a hip hop fan. I'm curious what you think. But again, if 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 you're a fan of of, of hip hop and comic books, I mean, this is like just such a love letter to that. And uh, 
And Pisker's a great cartoonist too, and he has a lot of fun with it. Like when you're first introduced to Russell Simmons, he 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 writes Russell Simmons as having this horrendously bad lisp. Which he kind of does, but like, you know, he doesn't like, I mean, it's not a very flattering way to portray Russell Simmons. Like, like, uh, like, just to, in the word bloom is supposed to say, trust me, Curtis Blow is a hot name, but in, in the word bloom it says, trust, T-R-U-T-H-T, me. Oh, wow. Curtis, Curtis Blow is a hot name. Like, that's how, that's how Russell speaks throughout the whole book. It's It's like, he keeps it real, man. So, um, but you know, Fantagraphics knocked out of the park with this one, um, and uh, I just uh, man, I, I it's one of those ones where I was a little worried because I had been waiting in such anticipation for it that it was going to let me down. But there's just it just it just killed it. It's uh, you know it's it's right up there in the in the like pantheon of like you know the Jim Rugg type of stuff. It's it's just great. So um, and and. and it's done in a style that's evocative of like seventies Marvel comics, you know, like the, the, the pages are artificially yellowed to look old and you know, it's uh it, it's just a, a top notch production. Um, and really pretty inexpensive. I mean, it's, it's $25 cover price. Um, but again, it's oversized treasury edition sized and, uh, you know, you can obviously get it at a pretty hefty discount from in stock, uh, or probably other places as well. So you just got to hook this up. Um, and you can read, if you're curious, this is, like this is cool thing is that you can just just Google Hip Hop Family Tree, um, uh, Ed Pisker. Um, it was serialized on Boing Boing, you know the site. So and you can just read it there if you're curious, just to get a sense if it's if it's up your alley. Um, but I'm I'm certainly thrilled to have the the print version in my hand. So love it. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Awesome, David. Do you have anything else? Uh, no, I'm going to wait till next week because I think Vince read it and maybe you guys... Waiting for, waiting for your that. boyfriend to come back? Uh, yeah, waiting for, for my boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> I got my boot tonight, so I got to wait for my boyfriend. Oh, yeah. Uh, um, Chris, um, give us the lowdown on your podcast adventures. Plural. Oh, yeah, so, um, I mean, I'm a huge Valiant fan. Daryl Taylor as well, my co-host on No Apologies. So we started the Valiant Podcast, which the Twitter handle is Valiant Podcast, which is somehow available. Uh, but we, we the first episode uh, dropped a couple days ago, and iTunes feed just went live today. So it's under Valiant Podcast, and we just we talk about Valiant. Uh, because, you know, Wrath and CK won't let me talk about it on no apology. <laughs> so I have to find my safe I gotta get my snuggie and uh, and get all safe so I can talk valiant without uh, getting shouted down. No, I'm just kidding. I love my boys. Um, so th- I mean, that's that's it. I mean, it's gonna. Be, we, we hope to add a third co-host, um, but that's um, we, he's got to take care of some stuff first. But then it's just Daryl and I for now, and I hope people listen. I mean, it's extreme. We understand it's extremely niche, but if you like valiant or you. Uh, you know, it's like an hour or so show, and it's going to be like every two weeks. Try to keep it pretty regular. But the first two episodes, we go over just down my bullshitting about all of the titles, just kind of general thoughts about like what you expect and like our thoughts on them. Uh, try to keep it casual, and uh, that's the first two episodes. So, nice. well, dude, don't yeah. also don't don't forget uh, no apologies. Oh yeah, well, I, no apologies. No apologies. Our weekly show. That's his bastard child now. That is, no, that's 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 that's, that's bring that's, home that's the bacon. Joint. Makes me a millionaire. 
but that's <laughs> you know that's our weekly show where it's um, we we were filthy and and bad and we misbehave and talk about yeah, they make us seem PG. Yeah, yeah we. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's it's a non-safe zone, but uh, that, yeah, it's, that's <laughs> that's Daryl, myself, Tom King, uh, Juan Castro, Raphael, and uh, Chris Kazicki. And um, my in your travels, if I may, may I? You may. Uh, uh, Juan uh, Inker Extraordinaire. He he inked um, Green Lantern Core Twenty Five, which is out now. Uh, he was one of the inkers on that. So check that out. I read it, and it was a nice uh, spotlight on Sean Stewart before he got a ring, and I, I really enjoyed it. So check that out. Cool. Huh. Um, I will go next. We are fond of the uh, the Hardman Becco combination, right? They're all right. They're okay. They're okay. Ah. Yeah, they're all right. We 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 tolerate them. Uh, I am um, starting tonight going to dig into the first trade of Star Wars Legacy. Nice. Mm-hmm. Written, <laughs> written by uh, Karina Becco and uh, drawn by Gabriel Hardman. Um, we we like them. We think they are, are um, good and decent people. And uh, I'm going to read their comic. Karina's my uh, BFF on Facebook this month because she's uh, posting uh, Noirvember movies. And, and she's, Am I? Uh, I don't know if I'm friends with her on Facebook. Oh, don't be. But uh, we... Um, oh, what? You, she, she, what don't you, be friends? <laughs> he's, no, he's wanting, wanting to keep keep me away from her. Just, you know, I'm, I'm protective. No, we, so we're talking about like old... Uh, Edward G. Robinson movies and 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 it's just it's been a blast. So now next time I I, I said to both of them, you know, to to help with this, to help with anything about Nolan, to help with anything about you know, Incredible Hulk books, or I don't I don't care about any Star Wars legacy stuff. Maybe Kinski, but for the most part, we're going to be talking about old Turner Classic movie movies, and and that's uh, and that seems to be. A date for for next time I see the Metacon when everybody else is talking about Breaking Bad finales or, or shit like that. I'll just um, I'll hang back and talk old nineteen forties movies. Nice, very cool. And I just sent her a friend request, so there. There you go. Yeah, she showed me. She's probably not going to OCR. I say we we've talked about it. Uh, we've talked about the first two issues already and uh, I am current because I read the third issue which came out today um, and that is Zero so as we've Mm. said before with the first two issues um, I know how uh, Chris like me probably wasn't enamored with the first issue we both really enjoyed the second yeah uh, I like the third. It it um it, it takes place a couple years in the future, literally a couple years. Like I think it's like 2019. But um, it uh, there's there's a little bit more uh sci-fi kind of stuff going on in this one, and it it is uh it is this one is illustrated by Mateus Santos. Thank you. of Ninja Turtles fame. Thank you. That's why I, it, it was. It, it, 
I saw the name before. I just because I'm not current on Turtles, so I'm not sure. So okay, uh, the art is fantastic and and repped by Mr. Paolo Belfiore, available at Caden's Comic Art as well. I wouldn't mind having a page from this issue, um, and uh, still colored by the phenomenal Jordi Belair, and it is. Um, yeah, no, I I enjoy I enjoyed this issue a lot. So three issues in, if you are not reading zero, I don't know what the hell's wrong with you. Uh, get on that, and uh, and and yeah, we'll uh, see you back here in a month for issue four. Santa Luco, nice, Mister Wood. You know, um, David. I turned it off while I was recording because it was super loud. I was going to turn it back uh-huh. on when I got up. <laughs> I'm guessing he meant to be on That's mute, fine. but doesn't realize it. No, <laughs> what? Oh. not. Who, me? <laughs> yeah. It's like his first podcast or something. You and, uh, I, I did first, press yeah. it. Did I not press it? I remember <laughs> my first podcast. It's okay, Chris. <laughs> yeah, oh, shit. Actually, I forgot yeah. to tonight and was rumbling around. I'm sure there's some mic noise Do you hear any earlier. munching? That was yeah. Oreos. Oh, nice. What? <laughs> in, <laughs> in any event, uh, the... <laughs> The um, uh, we talk a lot of Marvel these days. Uh, I think you know most of us, except uh, <laughs> are uh, are really enjoying most of what Sorry, it's because I read good comics. But uh, stop. Um, but I have to say that uh, I've had these issues in my comicology for some time, and and uh, and it was it, they came with the highest recommendation from my boy DAP. But I just uh, was slow on the draw there, and I'm. I'm Finally jumped into it, and I'm so glad I did. And those are the uh, the Nova issues. Um, it's such a fun book. Yeah. He's such a great kid character, you know. In a in a he he's he's everything I think that that should be in a in a in a kid's book. And when I say kids book, I mean a, a book about a young you know a young hero rather. Um, young is there? Uh, there's humor. Uh, you know, there's the, he he's he he's a he's a fun, confident kid. But you know he he's a kid. He's he's got a lot to learn about life and about his parents and about you know what it th- means to be a hero. Uh, and it, it's just very um, sp- spirited, inspired work. Um, and I just uh, and really really am so so pleased that uh, David kept talking about the book and, and got me to uh, sort of overcome a, a general lack of interest in 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 the traditional character of Nova. Um, it's just great, yeah. He, he's it's it's terrific, and, and I, you know the McGinnis. I know we've been praising McGinnis on on this X Men book and saying how great he looked, but but I think really he, he's he's he also. If people are talking about a renaissance for McGinnis, I think it started with this Nova book in the first yeah. arc. Yeah. Um, he he uh, he and Dexter uh, Vines make a hell of a combination. I think that's a big part of it, and uh, I, I just loved the first arc. So uh, yeah, I just I, I definitely highly recommend that book for you know people that are looking to fill that that little spot in their world about it you know a young hero trying to make good you know fans of blue beetle you know the, the Jaime Reyes blue beetle fans of of, of ultimate spider-man you know if, if you're if you're a fan of that kind of thing then this this should definitely be on your on your pool list yes. cool um before we get out of here I need to mention that uh, this episode of around uh, uh, around, this, 11 uh, around 11 o'clock comics has been brought to, old habits die very very hard uh, that this episode of 11 o'clock comics has been brought to you by discount comic book service that's right it's dcbservice.com and uh, you can go there and buy stuff for for 
huge discounts and pre-order your stuff so you make sure you get it and you don't miss the books and uh forgot to mention that uh, if you are a first-time customer that uh there is a special uh, unique code just just for you just for you first time 11 o'clock comics listener customer at dcbs uh that whenever you check out on your first uh your first order that uh, you enter this and you get an additional eight percent off and uh, david what is that code that code is EOC8. Yes, and it is a magic code just for you. Uh, and if you want to talk about this here episode or comics in general or the last episode of Arrow or <laughs> the one on the other network that is not nearly as good, you can... It's really good this week, though. Good. Oh, that's what that's what I hear. But I'm gonna wait. Good this week? I'm gonna wait for I'm gonna wait for a dramatic sea change in that show. But if you want to talk about good comics and good TV shows and and good music and um, good art and uh, all that good stuff, you can go to our forum, which is where David. Excuse me, I was swallowing my wine. Uh, yeah, I was swallowing. <laughs> yeah, my it is. BullpenBulletinsPodcast.com slash forum. If you are new to the show, don't ask why that is the address. Um, but but you can go to the forum and ask why that's the address. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was great. Chris, thank you so much for joining us. It was a blast. Yeah, it was great. To, I miss you, man. It's It's been it's been almost, uh, we're, we're going to uh-huh. sneak up on a year here. Are you going to make it back to Chicago in April? I'm going to do my best. We have right. some uh, things coming up next year, but okay. uh got to limit the number of shows, so i got to make some hard cuts. Okay. I understand. But, uh, I we'll understand. Okay. I have really thought about it. It's kind of too depressing to think about. I, I understand. I under- you, there's only room for so many, and you know we're thinking about maybe Heroes Con, so we have to get our, we got to get our crap together. Heroes is just... Yeah, I'm actually thinking of Emerald City now, too, because my aunt and cousins live... Mm-hmm. I'm going to Emerald City. So, Emerald City is a fantastic show. It is my a town. Fantastic. It is show. My town. It's Seattle is a wonderful town. It's a great show. Jim Demonakis does an amazing job with that show. The only problem is that uh, it's the ass end of the world. Oh. There, you cannot go any farther. That is the end of the world. After that, <laughs> it dro- it dro- there are there are dragons beyond that, and they will eat you because it is the end of the world. <laughs> it's America's left armpit. It is, oh. yes, pretty much. It's it's a long way away, but uh, but it, it it's a beautiful part of the country and and an amazing show. So if you can make Emerald City Con, go do it. It's fantastic. All right, um, guys, um, it's it's a pleasure. Uh, Vince will be back next week, so don't worry, Dan and and <laughs> the rest the rest of the the congregation can breathe easy. Uh, I'll actually I'll be out on the fourth because I got a I got a curl, so um, we'll. Of course you do. All right, wonderful. Everyone Thanks for have, have Chris. Everyone's yeah, awesome. All right, bud. All right, have a great Thanks. rest of your week and weekend, and uh, and we'll be back uh, next Thursday with another uh, new episode of Eleven O'clock Comics with uh, with Mister B back at the helm. Rock on, rock on. All right, bye. Bye, y'all. Peace.